Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen, and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to High Stakes, episode 13. I'm your host, Neil Orfield. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. And my guest today is a fellow DFS professional with double-digit six-figure wins across several several sports on DraftKings and FanDuel. Perhaps most impressively, she won the FanDuel NBA Fantasy Live Final last July, followed by a Millie Maker on FanDuel in NFL in September. Uh, Rebecca, that is quite the streak you've got going this past year has been an incredible run. Uh, but what's better, being, being a great DFS player or being a Wisconsin sports fan? That's the best part right now. They can just work simultaneously. I didn't think that that would ever be a thing, but I mean, like I said before, fantasy, I only really wanted to go um, to that live contest knowing that the Bucks were going to be in the finals or at least having the confidence. I, my whole life, I haven't been able to say something like that, like Bucks being good. <laughs> so it's pretty special. I'm quite jealous as a as a Minnesota sports fan. The Timberwolves made the playoffs and we celebrated like they won the championship, as of course everybody saw. Uh, that was very exciting for me, just getting into the playoffs. So I can't even imagine winning an <laughs> NBA title. And then of course you've had great quarterbacks on the Packers for you. Are you are you a Packers fan? I should make sure that that's yeah. I, I figured you were a Packers fan. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty fortunate as well, just having Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, your entire life. Uh, how, how are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers these days? Do you think he's going to be around long for the the Packers? Um, well, everyone thought I was crazy when I said, like, he's definitely staying last year. And then, again, this year, I think that after watching him for so long, he has a certain personality I've seen before, which I like his personality. I love the dry sense of humor. Uh, I like when he has a little bit of attitude. He just really cares. And I just always thought, like, no, he's just, like, kind of being, like, you know, a little angsty, but... Like, he knows he's going to stay here. He knows he yeah. wouldn't want to let anybody down here. Like, why would you 
I don't know. Why would you give up a, a good thing just because of like whatever drama was going on? And yeah, you know, Wisconsin Knights like to talk and they like to say they hate him and then they love him and then they hate him. But I've always maintained I love him and he will keep coming back. All right. So, so you had full faith that he was coming back the whole time. Of course, in Minnesota, we were praying for that he was going to leave. Finally, oh, yeah. get rid of get rid of the Packers, get rid of their their uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. So uh, that was disappointing for us when he finally came back. Uh, at least finally they got rid of Devonte Adams. Love to see no, that no, as, a, as a Vikings fan. Um, I don't think I could get out of bed that morning. That was just really. really I mean, I love Devonte Adams too. I think as a Wisconsin fan, I'm so lucky to have these. First of all, all-star players, but then the type of players that they just seem like good people after the game, they don't really ruffle feathers because they don't care to hurt anybody. They're just like, I'm doing my job and I'm making my people happy. And I just think that Devonta Adams is that type of guy. Obviously, all the Bucks players are like that to me. Yeah. But. As a as a Minnesota sports fan, it is kind of obnoxious that uh, most of the Wisconsin players are likable. Like we we want to hate Wisconsin athletes, right? There's kind of a lot of rivalries going on there. But it's like you can't really hate on the Bucks. You gotta love Giannis. You gotta love Drew. It's just it's a fun team. So yeah, it it's, it's really hard to hate. Too, when I lived in Minnesota, I would get so sad because people would talk crap about my teams all the time. They would make fun of me, and I just remember someone finally saying, "You know, it's because they're jealous." Like, I just thought you guys were kind of being, like, a-holes. And I'm like, people in yeah. Minnesota are so passive-aggressive. And I don't understand why they're not nice to me because I never talked bad about uh, Minnesota sports when I lived there. But yeah. the, the one thing they liked more than when their team won was when the Packers lost. Yeah, we're, so. we're totally jealous, 100% jealousy. It's like my dog. I've got a little dog, and there's another dog on the corner. We go for walks. And when we walk by this other dog's house, it's a big dog, looks imposing. My dog just barks and barks and barks at this other dog, and that dog doesn't care at all. It's like yeah. my dog, my dog is Minnesota sports fans. The big dog <laughs> who doesn't care about the little dog is Wisconsin sports fans. I know, I know how it is. It's, it's, it's rough here in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> all right, Let, let's talk about your background in DFS a little bit, uh, and I should start. I didn't say this at the top of the show. I should have said your your Twitter is at R Jacobek. Am I pronouncing that R Jacobek? Jacobek, yes. R Jacobek, yeah. uh, FanDuel at R Jacobek, and then on DraftKings you are uh, at R Jacko twenty two J A K O twenty two is where people can find incognito you. Incognito username. Your incognito, was... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to tell me about uh, why you have that that username? Then why 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 did you go incognito there? So, I mean, I think when I first made the Arjakovic, um for FanDuel, um, I didn't think about, like, people ever recognizing me. I thought there's just a billion people I don't know on here. Then I started realizing, oh, all the people around me, all the guys around me, like, at, when I was interning at the radio station, they're all playing. And, I mean, I'm probably going to suck right away. So then when I did the DraftKings, I definitely knew... Uh, my brother had started playing, and I'm like, I just don't want, there's not a lot of Jacobics in the world. I don't want people to see if I, like, put up a lot of money, and they think, like, what are you doing? You don't have that. You can't, you can't afford that right now. Uh, so I just don't want anyone to know. I just wanted to be a little bit more incognito, but then now I'm like, oh, I wish I could switch it back to our Jacobic for DraftKings, so I could just be yeah. one name. 
everybody right. would recognize you. I mean, when you've won as much as, as you have, uh, you're not going to be anonymous anymore anyway. But yeah, it, it is kind of nice to have the same name on multiple sites. So that's a bummer that uh, that it worked out that way. Um, all right. So so you, you mentioned uh, that you were on a, that you worked for a radio station, which you, of course, told me about uh, previously. But we'll, we'll get to that. Let's talk about that a little bit uh, for the guests, too. But let's start with this. Uh, so uh, are you a full-time pro DFS player? I am. I, even though uh, I try not to say that too much to people because they think I'm crazy for that, but there's just like so many reasons, so many factors that went into it. And of course, like when I did decide to like jump like absolutely headfirst into DFS and be super serious about it, not just just what I was doing before. What I was doing before was like hoping that this this amount of money would make me rich like everybody else not realizing that like you don't know what kind of entries they put in you don't know what kind of um like work you could be really smart but if you don't have the tools you're not going to know about like any injuries like player swaps i mean you don't know to do that stuff until you get really serious and you start figuring out what is all out there because like i had no idea what kind of tools would be right at my fingertips so um um, yeah. So what, I was just going to ask, what was the, the question? I kind of went off on it. I was just asking if you if you are if you consider yourself a DFS pro if you if you play full time DFS these days. Uh, oh. and it sounds like you've gotten there with with uh, kind of learning some tools, kind of led you to becoming a DFS pro. Yeah, I think when when you've like lost enough but won enough to make it still tantalizing, you're like, I know the big ones around the corner, but I know that in order to get it. I have to like go into this fully. And then once I started being very serious, once I started spending all my COVID time, cause we didn't leave the house um, <laughs> during COVID. I was just, my husband was studying for his CPA exams. I was doing DFS. It was just, it was a perfect combination because then we could both be left alone for numerous hours at a time. And then I just was like, this is a whole new world I'm exploring. And I wanted to, I wanted to just do it justice and really take it seriously but then after you start winning you realize now i'm not being fair to my job and like i i really loved and appreciated them and i didn't think that you know when covid started to let down and everyone started going back to work and everybody's traveling again i just didn't think i would be fully invested in that and i can only be fully invested in one thing at a time i'm very much like very i'm not going to finish I'm, I'm not going to do that task until i finish this task kind of person i like to just give all my attention to one thing so that i had to do it i mean i know people think it's kind of crazy but um when you feel that it's just like the best decision deep down plus you have some security plus you know i was getting married and you know want to buy a house i'm getting old, might have to start having kids. Why can't I just be a, a stay-at-home mom and DFS pro at the same time and have all the things I ever wanted at once? Yeah, why not have it all? Yeah, uh, you, you want to do one thing whole-ass instead of two things half-ass. I was the same yeah. way. I, I quit my job in September to go DFS uh, full-time as a pro. So did you did you quit your job before you won the Millie then? Um, actually, I did. I had won quite a few um, hundred contest and uh i kind of set like a, a number 
uh, that my husband um, would be okay with. Like, so say I won this much, then could I quit? Um, and I mean, not that I need his permission, but you know, it's just nice to discuss yeah. these types of He's things. He's your spouse. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, he can tell me whatever he thinks is best, but at the end of the day, I'll follow my heart, you know? Um, and in the back of my mind, I always thought I want to be good enough that I could quit. So I think once I set myself a goal, I just, I'm not going to stop at all until I reach it. So I just knew I wanted to be making enough money that quitting would be totally okay. Um, and then, you know, whatever other endeavors I want to do down the line. I mean, I knew I just wanted to be around sports. Um, and so we got to that point, but of course you're going to just like feel a little insecure about your decision. So I told him, I told my mom and she just rolled her eyes at me. I'm like, I'm going to win a hundred or a million before the end of the year. I'm going to do it. Um, I think I needed that in order to prove to myself and other people because they can't really tell me no after they see that. So it was very short after that I won the million. And I'm like, thank God. It was like one of those things that I couldn't even, I can't believe it happened that way because I'd already gotten like super close to a couple millions and um, lost them at the last second or the last hole. So I'm like, if it doesn't happen for me this year, I'll be so mad, especially because I promised everybody I was going to do it. And then first week of football, I'm like, oh, thank God. It was just such a relief. And so you said that you lost one on the last hole. You're talking golf. You were winning a Millie Maker until the very last hole of the entire tournament? Yes, yes. Oh. So ugh, this one this one hurts. It stings, but it was so such good motivation. You know, it just, like, keeps me wanting more. I mean, it sucks that, like, the drop-off from first to second place was 900 grand. Oh, so you, you got second for 100,000? A hundred thousand. That yeah. is that is. And a everyone tries to tell you you should be happy. That's still a lot of money. I'm like, but it's nine hundred thousand less than one hole goal. I yeah. was in first for an hour, and I I couldn't believe it because I didn't. I had a player that got cut because I took some recommendation um, from somebody else about playing this younger guy. He gets cut. I still somehow end up on Sunday. It was Father's Day. So still end up in first place. And it just didn't feel real. So then in the last hole, when Harris English gets a birdie, and he's, like, not even cracking top 20. He doesn't matter. I had – because I had a cut guy, I had to have first, second, third place. I had everybody, you know. And this guy, who's not going to win anything, birdies. So I lost by, like, I mean, less than a point. A point? It was ridiculous. But it also felt like, yes, it it was going to – it was too good to be true. It was almost like a relief it didn't happen because it would feel too out of this world. It, it felt more normal that I would get heartbroken. So it was like a weird sense of relief plus just so so much sadness. But Yeah, that is that is one of the worst bad beat stories that I've heard, losing a millie on the last hole. Uh, that, that oh, I've heard painful. worse. Oh, yeah. Okay, just a real quick story. When sure. I was um, at the FanDuel Baseball Championship – the only other woman there was this um, this woman from South Dakota. And everyone's like, you have to meet her. She's so awesome. She's been doing this for a while. She told me that she was in first for a million. Game had ended. This was football, a football championship. She lost her million due to a stat correction. Ooh. Like that, I don't know if I could handle. That's even I mean, worse. Harris English 
I mean, that was a little more easy to swallow. I don't know, a stat correction that would really, really. Yeah, that's me. that's brutal. And, and that's happened in uh, in showdown. There was a guy who won with a uh, 5-1 stack in NFL showdown where the, he played five players against the opposing defense and was winning at, at the mm-hmm. end of the game. And then a stack correction knocked him back from a million to like, you know, a thousand bucks or something because so many yeah. people passed him. So uh, yeah. yeah, it, it gets yeah, pretty bad was- with DFS. This yeah. is why you need a DFS community, though, right? So you can you can talk about these bad beat stories and have people understand that yes, I won hundred thousand dollars, but I'm still yes. not excited about it because in my mind, yeah. I lost nine hundred thousand dollars. That's only DFS players, and especially I think pros can kind of understand that pain. Totally, and and the amount of money and work you put into it too. You're like, well, it's not like I was just putting a quarter in a slot machine and then seeing if I would win. This is like I'm working day and night to do this so it's not like oh okay i'm happy with what i got like they don't understand so that I mean that was the coolest part about going to my first live event um i didn't know if everyone would accept me into the the group there because i didn't know anybody yet um i'm also the only girl so i think no one knew i was even playing until i was wearing the jersey that they gave us and then it was like People started having a couple of drinks and they'd want to make conversation. Um, but when I actually got into talking about like the ups and the downs, people are way more open with what they're, what they're, um, you know, saying to you about their struggles. It makes right. you feel validated. It makes you feel kind of at home. Yeah. I had never felt that yet because I had been like kind of hiding my playing So I just felt like, wow, like I can just be myself here. This is awesome. Not just me. It's everybody here. Those are the same struggles, has these same thought processes. Yeah, it's a great Mm -hmm. thing. So is this the, uh, uh, the fan, the FanDuel Fantasy Championship? Was that your first live final? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where you met Alex Baker. I I saw some photos of it from, seemed like a lot of the Osmo guys were there. So you met uh, a lot of great players. Yeah. Yeah. The cool part about winning was that everyone was like, I need to introduce you to Chipotle Attic. I need to introduce you to Osmo. I'm like okay because i've been seeing these guys just crushing it and they're my you know the people i'm trying to strive to be like like they're my heroes my role models i will never even be in the same conversation as them and then all of a sudden people are introducing us and i don't even have to look like the idiot who goes up to them like hey i'm your fan like it was so cool because it was like this is a conversation that he actually wants to have with me and i'm not like um annoying him or anything we can actually just like talk about what we're doing on DFS because we're going through the same stuff too. He's just at a, at a high level. Yeah. He's at, he's at the highest level, but uh, you had just won the tournament. So obviously uh, you were kind of on top of the world at that point too. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that, that must've been a, that must've been a wild experience. Uh, all right. I was just more happy that the Bucks won, to be honest. And I mean that really? with all sincerity. And that's what I said when they, they um, had me up on the stage. I'm like, actually, I was so worried about the Bucks pulling this off because they were already down. And I was so sick of all the Suns fans saying that, you know, they were done for, for, yep. um, anyway, I just, I needed that win so bad. And then the money on top of that, I had been like working so hard at all the hundred K contests. So it wasn't like this was a, an amount I was so like shocked that I reached because yep. it was just the amount I was normally getting on during the weeks. It just was only made special because of like all the circumstances around it. 
Yeah, you're at a live final. It, it was 150,000, right, for the fantasy yes, final? That was 150. Yeah, a live final. You win 150,000, surrounded by all these great DFS players, and your team just won the won the championship. That's uh, that's got to be a pretty great feeling. Um, Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Breast milk science. It's a thing. And it's our thing. We're by heart. We're an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet, breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S.-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We make our formula in our own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, using a small batch manufacturing process that works to preserve the integrity of our ingredients. We ran the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in 25 years and clinically proved benefits like easier digestion, less gas, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. We were the first infant formula company to earn the Clean Label Project Purity Award. And while we've put a lot into Byheart, there's a long list of things you won't see on our ingredient list, like no corn syrup, no maltodextrin, no GMO ingredients, no soy, no palm oil. Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Indescribable. So, oh, and my brother was with me. So oh, nice. that was really cool. Because I, I only entered this contest because of two things. I thought the Bucks would be in the, the finals, and I wanted to bring my brother and ask him to walk me down the aisle for my wedding. And oh. so I did this like super special thing. He loves Miami. He he's a workaholic, so when he lets loose, he really lets loose. So I kind of had to uh, keep him on a leash the whole weekend. Yeah, he was kind of annoying, um, but he was just like shocked. Like, I can't believe my sister's even like doing this stuff. I didn't even know like any of this. And um, <laughs> I mean, he's like, I'm building your brand. I was really worried that all the serious guys were going to be annoyed of him, but I think they thought it was pretty funny. I think but, everybody's drinking so much at those events. At least the, the two that I've been to, it's been like, it's an open bar every day, all the time. So a lot of people are pretty drunk. So I'm sure nobody even noticed that, that he was really drunk. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can go back and the, see the video and you'll you'll find them oh i haven't i haven't seen any video of the event that's i, sh I should go look for it oh yeah, uh, yeah. it's the ending it, it, is really cute um yeah is the ending uh, you you hoisting up the trophy yeah so well so hoisting up the trophy but then like right before that my husband who's my fiance at the time he kissed me on the cheek and they put that in the video i was like oh oh that's nice we did meet the video the videographer earlier that day and he was so cool so, like, even everybody from the bar staff, like, I still follow one of the girls from the bar on Instagram. Like, she just ended up being so cool and so supportive of me. And she's, like, telling me, she's proud of me. I'm, like, 
why are these women so nice? But <laughs> any of the wives that were there, it was great. Um, and then when I got the trophy, everybody was chanting girl power, which I just. Wow. Yeah. That's it was, fun. It was fun. That, that sounds like a great, great experience. Uh, I got to say that you are a better sports fan than I am, because if I had $150,000 on the line with the Timberwolves in the championship, I think money trumps my fandom. I, I Maybe not. It probably depends on how well I'm doing at that time. If I'm on a big roll and already winning a lot of money, uh, I'd probably, maybe I'd lean more Timberwolves. But I think I think for me, the money the money trumps even my favorite teams. So good for you being, I mean, being such a big if sports If the Timberwolves fan. were in the finals, that's <laughs> worth a million dollars right there. Come on. That might be true. If it's the Timberwolves, that would be, that would be something different. Okay. Uh, so, so one question that I like to ask all of my guests, just to kind of get an idea of what kind of player they are, I start by asking a little bit, a couple of background questions. Uh, so what kind of background do you have in statistics? Do you have any formal or informal training? You know, I saw that on the question sheet of things that might come up and I was like, this is, this is pretty funny because all I ever say is I suck at statistics and people ask like, why don't do the, the max, the 150 max contest? I'm like, because I don't like math. I would look foolish, like trying to, trying to tackle something that I've always tried to stay away from. I, when I went to college, I'm like, no more math courses for me. Um, so my only statistics I've ever taken was in high school, senior year, I had AP Calc for three quarters. Um, so that's what made me hate math was AP Calc right there. Yep. Only class that could bring me to tears but then the fourth quarter was statistics and I think like by the end of the year the teacher doesn't really care everybody gets an A so I'm like I don't remember being good at it but I got an A in it but I probably just copied off my friend's papers so I'm like I don't know I'll never be working with numbers I just never I never saw a future like dealing with that stuff and then I get older I'm like oh there's a lot of math I just wish I would have sucked it up and kept kept going with because it'd be really helpful just in random random things like dfs so i don't yep. know i dabbled a little bit in the max entry uh, 150 entry contest but because i don't really know what i'm doing i'm too scared to keep it going but i will probably attempt it again at some point yeah. but oh sorry to bring back to the point no background in statistics okay so, yeah you're not the first guest that that has been their answer. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, typically I think, you know, there, there's a type of DFS player who, uh, is really they, their entire game is based into statistics and some who don't even like watch sports, don't know anything about sports. It's just entirely a math game for them. And then I think that I'm sort of somewhere in the middle of the spectrum where I have, uh, you know, a grasp of the stats involved, but, uh, it's not something that I have any real history in either. I'm probably, I'm probably not in the, I'm probably closer to your side of the spectrum, which is more, uh, you have more background in sports and you use intuition more than, and, and game theory probably a little bit more than, uh, you know, actual statistics, which you can find other places. Yeah. I mean, I always thought it was an interesting idea to take on DFS in a different lens and look at it from a purely statistical way. Um, and discussions I had with my husband when I first started playing, he because he would follow and just see what other people are doing and how people are making their money. Um, and it was always like a good idea, but when you meet and see people like Osmo or anybody who like actually really knows what they're doing, it's just a little intimidating to get into that type of DFS playing. 
when you're someone like me and you're like, I just, I've been around sports. I know sports. I, um, I will still use all the, all the tools. So like I use what other people have put their work into their genius. If I can't do something better than them, why would I go and try? So, um, I, I try to just keep it like the most me as possible and not try to be something I can't be. I just want to be super realistic with myself. Yeah. I think that makes sense that I'm, I'm totally on the same page. It's like why Awesomeo has all these great tools that I use. So I'm not going to go reinvent yeah. the wheel when they've already done it for me. I use their projections. I use their tools, the simulations mm-hmm. that they run. So same page as you there. Uh, you may have also just answered my f- next question with that yeah. question, which is what no kind of computer. training? No, no computer programming. Okay. Yeah. No okay. formal or informal. All right. Well then let's, let's get to, uh, probably the, the most fun background question, which is approximately when did you start getting involved with DFS and what drew you in? Um, so like we were saying about the radio station, um, Fandle was being uh, advertised heavily at that time. So that was like 20, 2014 maybe. So yep. this is like a brand new concept to so many people. Um, and it's the first time I really heard about it. Um, and I would hear... The commercials being like, oh, I won a million dollars with my free entry. And part of me doesn't believe it. But then you start to actually see stuff online of the people who are winning and just this insane jealousy that grows because I'm like, if they can win, I can win. Why not? Because this isn't something you went to school for and trained, you know, like this is something that I could be just as good as any other person. And so I kind of had that idea in my mind. And um, so I was interning at KFAN in Minneapolis, and KFAN is a sports radio station in Minneapolis for yes. people who are not local here. <laughs> yes, yes, sports radio station, and um, they would do like the you get like I don't know fifty free dollars if you sign up with our our code. So that's when I just made it there. I was probably like in the studio making it, and then I'm like, all right, three dollar entries. Okay, it's impossible to win, and so it wasn't. I was not serious about it at all for a very long time. Um, Every once in a while, I would open up the app and be like, let me get risky and put in like a couple hundred dollar entry. And then when I would lose that, it would hurt so bad because I just got out of college. I'm so poor. So I'm like, can't do that anymore. But I just always thought like, no matter what, it was always in the back of my mind. Like that will be something I do when I have some extra cash, when I'm not going to be hurting if I lose it, like, this will be something I do. And then COVID happened. So <laughs> it was yep. like no better time than the present. Yep. So, so that was around 2014 when you got your start, when you're at the radio station and you learned about DFS was around 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's about when I started. I think I started uh, the 2013, 2014 NBA season. I think I started in 2013. Uh, so kind of a, kind of the same time frame, And I, I had the same mindset. I, I didn't have a lot of money at the time and I was on the same page where I was like, man, if yeah. I had the money to play this, I would get serious about this. Cause it is, uh, it's addicting, right? right? It's a, it's a fun sport. And I'm, uh, I'm also competitive. So as you know, seeing other people win, I'm like, I can do that too. I can do what they're doing. I know I can. Yeah. Are you, are you also a, a former athlete? I think maybe that's where, where I, where my competitive com- competitiveness comes in. Yes. I mean, I'm also one of four children. So there's like competition all the time. I have two older brothers. So it was always like them trying to tell me boys are better. And I'm like, girls can do anything except for, I mean, 
except for <laughs> be two guys with brute strength and like physical ability. I'm like, but DFS, that's not, I could, this is something I could do. Um, but uh, I was, I was pretty competitive growing up because I did always play like three sports um, throughout high school. I did volleyball, basketball, track and field, and I threw shot put. And then I threw a little shot put in college, but realized like I am, I am not going anywhere with shot put. I might as well just uh, work a little more and make some more money. Yeah. <laughs> but, Where but were I, you at the University of Wisconsin Madison? No. Um, oh. The Oh, yeah, the, the UFM. That's right. That's right. Which is also a, a D1, a, a tough school to oh. break into the track team. No, unfortunately. So um, my first year, well, so I went to high school in South Dakota. I really wanted to go to anywhere but South Dakota. I wanted to go to a Big Ten school. I wanted to go to the Twin Cities right away, but um, I was offered a scholarship for one of their other schools, U of M Morris. Um and my mom was like, you'd be an idiot not to, because it's an academic scholarship. And so I did my year there. And then I was like, well, I just really need to be in a bigger city because I, I'm getting sick of the small town thing. And when I'm like one of the better shot putters, then there's an issue. So it, I did think about um, playing and uh, throwing shot put um, in Twin Cities, but it'd be like the type of thing where I'm on the bench, I only get invited to the meets where everyone goes, not the important meets. It, I wouldn't be very good, but I'd always wanted to at least like be somewhere big enough where someone like me couldn't outthrow other girls. Cause I mean, I've never been like super big and strong. And um, I was sick of being in small towns where I was like the biggest and strongest. You want to be the little fish in the big pond. That's yeah, cool. I wanted to know what it felt like. Okay. Yeah, but, but that was the U of M for you. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it's it's a big school. Uh, so all right, so so 2014 is approximately when you got started. Uh, were you a winning player right away, or how, how long did it take uh, for you to get to the point where you were playing DFS regularly and winning enough that you could uh, keep it up? Um, so absolutely did not win. <laughs> um, it, but I was only, I mean, 2014. If I did a contest, it would be like a three dollar contest. Um, maybe like 20 let's see was when i moved back to wisconsin so i was living in charlotte and again i just was not spending my money on that type of thing i was just um trying to be in a new city and trying to trying to be cool and hang out downtown charlotte all the time with all the other people who seem to be just naturally rich so i'm like i can't play DFS right now, but then I moved back to Wisconsin and it's a little more low key here. Our beer is a lot cheaper. Um, we drink a lot of Miller Lite. So I finally had a little more money to play with and I was getting a little bit more serious, but I wasn't using any, any tool. I wasn't using an optimizer on the regular. I would just try one out and I didn't really know what I was doing. It was just like I was messing around. Um, but I would throw in enough entries that were like a hundred dollars and then like see a little bit of return that I just was like it's getting closer it's getting closer and, and approximately like what year is this that we're talking when you so when you start this doing this would be 20 2018 2019 okay. so and you're you're like, playing like high high stakes or like high no. stakes you're playing mid six entering contests that oh, were like a hundred dollar buy-in yeah yeah so like for me at the time it was pretty high stakes but I was only doing like um 
a contest, maybe like one every few weeks, maybe one just a month. Maybe I would take off like an entire half a year. So I didn't actually play. So I always like think of like when I actually started playing was really last year. Um, and it was right when the year started. Probably, I mean, because it was, it was, um, it was right when COVID started happening and the football season okay. right before then kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because I had like a, a $7,000 win and I was like hooked, but then I just kept losing, kept losing. And like the stupidest things would happen to me. And it, I just felt like I, this isn't just going to be a fluke. Like that seven grand was cool, but like that can happen on the regular if I just put my mind to it. So then, okay, now it's COVID time. Now uh, I have no reason to ever leave my my apartment. Um, husband's studying for the CPAs. I just, all day, every day, like taking work hours too, unfortunately. But I was just like, that little bit of win and then all those little losses, I just was like, I need to be serious about this. And then January, so January had, I, I think I had my first 100K win. And then that was like when 2021. I, okay. Yeah, 2021. So yep. right at the start of the year. So I had my first one in basketball. And I mean, after that, it was just like set, done, <laughs> set and set. And now, now you've got double digits. Like that, that set you off. You, you were set up at that point. Kind of helps to build a bankroll, right? So for me, I know I my, my first six-figure win really allowed me to increase my play a lot and play a little bit more comfortably, maybe take some more risks after the big win. So do you think that was part of it for you? Got that $100,000 win and that allowed you to both increase your volume a little bit, but also just kind of maybe increase your risk capacity. Do you think that helped there? 100%. I don't think you can actually uh, keep winning uh, consistently without that extra money to play with. So, I mean, it didn't really feel good at the time um, trying to figure out the, the, um, the growing pains of like once you start doing the high stakes contest. So once I had that, I think I, it was like a, a $500 contest. So to me, it was pretty high, but I could only afford, you know, putting one lineup in at a time. Once I had that bigger amount of money, I was like doing FanDuel's like $2,000 contests, smaller amount of people, maybe I can win more often. Um, and then doing multiple lineups. I mean, that's just like how it could just start being more consistent. But yeah. basketball gets hard at the end of the year. And so I was getting like to my frustration breaking point and then fantasy happened. I'm like, oh, I love basketball again. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, that was a good thing to reignite your passion for basketball and DFS. Yeah. Um, all right, so, so which sports do you play, right? You won the NBA fantasy championship. Then you won a Millie Maker in NFL. Uh, mm -hmm. Are those sports that you play like every every? Uh, every day that the you know that they have contests, you play NBA and NFL. Oh. And are there other other sports that you also play uh, regularly? Well, so um, one that I never knew that I would have such a passion for is baseball. I've always thought of it as a pretty boring sport, and I can't sit and watch the games. Like for me, it's, I can sit and watch basketball like lasered in focus, but then baseball just loses my attention so quickly. But um, when you have like a billion games going on at once, and you're checking your phone for all the updates. I'm like, oh, baseball is, baseball is awesome. Baseball is lit. So I just developed this new love for it. Um, and because after fantasy, I'm like, well, there's really no more basketball to play. There's like the 
last couple games, but um, I just like decided I'm going to try out baseball now. I have no idea how it's going to go. And it actually ended up being far more consistent for me than the other sports. Um, and even though like I'm not a stats person, I really appreciate when other people pull stats and I just read everything because I am definitely a reader. I read yep. anything on the internet I possibly can. So baseball is just like, well, let me just look at all these stats, all these projections. And then you start making little gut instinct kind of calls about things and you start to see, oh, well, this happened last time. And there's so many games that you can pull from and you're, there's so many games a week and there's so many contests. So, I mean, that was also huge for me because I get really antsy waiting like days in between my next big contest. Like I wanted it every day. Like Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Some people don't think horses and people communicate. We call those people not horse people. Not horse people don't know you and your horse share a unique bond or that your horse knows you know they like your dogs. But not so much the barking. At Sentinel Horse Nutrition, we don't knock not horse people. We're too busy focusing on horse people's horses. With extruded nugget feeds for exceptional nutrition and formulas for every need, our wide choice of feeds makes it easy to find the fit for your horse's health. Find theirs at FeedSentinel.com. Dead of the summer, it was too hot to go outside. I just wanted to have at least something like big every night and baseball on FanDuel was like a really good opportunity for that. So do you, do you only play baseball on FanDuel? Um, no, I play DraftKings too, but it okay. is a little more difficult for me. Well, I don't know how I feel about it this year. Last year, I found it way easier to win um, the high stakes contest a lot and FanDuel because of the fact that those contests would be so small. So it's pretty cutthroat. Uh, um, the step, uh, wait, what a, what word am I looking for? Um, pricing structure or payout structure? Oh yeah, the, the payout structure is rough on, yeah. on, on, on FanDuel more so than DraftKings, right? It's a, it's a bigger uh, difference between first and second? It is a, it's a much bigger difference on FanDuel. And I mean, DraftKings, the only big difference would be in like the millionaire contest. But on FanDuel, um, it's really cutthroat, which is okay with me because um, I was willing to be more risky with lineups do multiple lineups. So having like a small pool of people and I have multiple lineups, um, I just was confident that like, I at least will get my money back. Um, but this is the best shot I have at like hundred K consistently. So I just kept going with that. 
nice. And yeah, it's got, yeah, just a, just the consistent contest is really nice for baseball. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, want to talk about what kind of player you are a little bit. Uh, you alluded to, I, I said, I, uh, you, you said you played a hundred dollar contest and I said, okay, so you were playing kind of high stakes and you were like, oh no, no. Uh, but then you're yeah. talking about doing $2,000 contests. So you, you definitely play some, some high stakes contests. Do you also, are you, are you a 150 max player? Do you play in, uh, you know, the, the main contest where it's, uh, where you can 150 max you play in those contests that also play high stakes or, uh, what, what kind of, uh, volume do you play in terms of entries and, and like how many, how many lineups do you typically play in a day? Um, so, so when I said like 100, uh, that was like a lot of money for me at the time, but now it's hard for me to even like think about it that way, because I know that in order to make a lot of money on DFS, you can't like, can't think of that as like a high number anymore. So my brain is like completely switched. And to me, like a normal um, entry, I mean, cause then my new normal started being around um, like the $555 contest, the $600 contest or the $777 contest. So those were like what I was doing until I actually had a really comfortable place. And so then when I finally hit like my comfort level and with baseball, then it was like, oh, there's all these $3,000 contests. There's all these $2,000 contests. Um, but at that time, it, it was the new normal. And so that's just what I started playing. And I don't know. It's just crazy how things can change. But <laughs> so, so, so you, uh, you're typically playing the the highest stakes highest stakes contest, which is like two or three thousand uh, dollars, and how many entries are you playing in those contests typically for uh, for baseball, basketball, football? How, does it vary based on the sport? Um, yeah, uh, because well, with football, so it was like Sunday is your work week, so you enter a, a million different contests. So I would be doing like all different types to see what I would be the best at because um, football, it's I mean, I love football so much. It can bring like like the million, but then you just have a lot of bad Sundays and you have to sit on that all week. So it's a little different. Baseball was nice because I'm always like on to the next one, on to the next one. Yep. Football, I'm like, it's Sunday night and I want to start making my lineup for next week because I, I didn't do that well. So when it comes to football, I'm doing all different types of um, entries, but I, my favorite is always just doing the the highest entry and the lowest amount of people because I know I'm not going to be the smartest person ever when I'm in these contests but it's my best likelihood of winning um if people are playing a little more scared because they're playing with more money um and you feel a little more risky which is what I think was like the secret sauce was I felt a little bit better making risks um getting those low ownership guys while everybody else was like I can only do this one entry and if I don't win, I'm screwed. Um, once you like don't have that fear anymore, then you can just, you can just play like what, what is best for your personality. So like my personality is not to go enter all these, um, entries like the 150. Yep. Um, I've tried and I just, there's just some things that like, are just more difficult for you probably than other people. Like for me, yeah. waking up early in the morning is very difficult. It's like, I know I'm never gonna change no matter what and how much I wake up at a certain time in the morning every day, it will always be just as hard the next day. So I'm like, is this one of those things where this will always kind of be like hard for me to, to do? Cause I'm, I'm an emotional player. I mean, I try to keep my favorite teams out of 
of my <laughs> of my playing um just because i don't want to be uh biased yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If if you do ever get biased, because so so you, you say you don't play the one fifty max contests. You, you never play them, like the the thirty thousand oh. people in the contest. You never play those. Um. So I've tried them maybe like two, three times. I mean, one Sunday, I didn't have my lineup set yet, and so I end up like entering basically the same lineup so many times. I mean, I just I went through like some been there it, it, it was a busy time in my life too because we're also um we were planning a wedding and we had just moved into a condo um which we just sold today um so things very fast around here and um i would all of a sudden be like oh crap i didn't set my lineup and i get so angry with myself because i i let myself get in the way of my winnings a little too much and when it came to like that max entry and I didn't do all the homework I was going to do for it, I'm like, well, that's just me getting in my own way. I shouldn't have even started doing that until I was fully ready to sit down and, and um, get these entries in. I don't know why I thought like I could be faster at it, but I was quite slow. But um, when it's a smaller contest, then I just feel like I can, it's, it's better for me to just like go with my gut um, and and make um, make decisions where you're like, this is what I picked up for for having watched this team for this long. Mm -hmm. You start to like pick up all these little things that you think um, are going into your lineups to make you better at winning. If I start just doing the statistics. Uh, that type of approach, then none of that other stuff even mattered. I mean, it, to a point it does, but um, not as much as like what I like about it. So when I won the Millie, it's because I remember scenarios between certain players from the year before and where it crushed me because I didn't have that person or, you know, and that just like comes right back in. And I'm like, okay, so I did three lineups. I'm like, this is what my, my lineup from my previous hurt is going to be. <laughs> so like I guess that's what I just have more fun playing. I mean, the, yep. it is a crazy wild ride every night when I sit down and watch sports. But if I didn't have like so much invested in those couple lineups, I just don't know if I would have as much fun and if this would be like worth it for me to like be doing every day. Yeah, that makes sense. The emotion with it. Yeah. All right. So so you're, you you don't play uh, the 150 max. So do you, do you not even play the like 555 and the 777 anymore? Or are you just strictly playing the like 2000, 3000, $4,000 contests? Well, um, I mean, I, I've kind of after, I guess maybe football season, maybe it took a lot out of me. I didn't really want to jump into, um, like what I was doing before. Um, I started slowly moving back into basketball. Um, but I was, we had just bought this house then and I, we were getting settled after the wedding. I just didn't feel like I was in the proper place to be doing those, like those bigger contests every night. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's kind of been a little more dormant. I mean, it like taking okay. a step back, like, um, Osmo has said before where his yep. step back means he's still going to be playing so that he can still stay on, on top of what's happening in, in basketball and whatever sport is going on. So that's what I've been doing with basketball and, um, and baseball is just like trying to keep my head in it, but I haven't been doing 
like the the thousand dollar entries every night with multiple lineups um but now you know like it's spring and we've finished our taxes we got the house settled we just sold the condo tonight i'm like i'm ready to go back to work like i'm ready to have nice. five entries in um well actually tonight in baseball would be four entries so i'm like is that is that the max oh, in the no. contest that you play oh it's actually two entries tonight yeah so tonight there's a really small contest again it's like 67 people i'm like this is back to back to basics this is what I did every day last summer baseball on Fanduel, so I just want to I want to get back to that as quickly as possible. So, so do you typically max out those contests? Whatever, if it's two to four entries, whatever it is for those contests, you max those out. Yeah, um, if it's two, two to four for sure. Um, sometimes I just think like there's no need once you get to like five or six. Um, I have noticed just you know like um, over over the many months of doing it, like um, how many lineups did I have in that time that I won? How many lineups did I have in that time? You start to notice patterns about yourself. So um, like three is usually my lucky number. I mean, that's when I won, won the million. It's like, I need three lineups and sometimes having four or five would be a detriment because I change what I was going to do in those three lineups. So I have three different strategies for those guys, but when I add more to the mix, then I start combining the strategies yep. when, you know what I mean? Like it starts to get messy and especially in golf, I, I'm so mad at myself for doing this multiple times where I changed my lineup so much that then I'm like, well, I knew I wanted to include this player and he's not there and the contest just locked because I was messing him around and that's why I kind of have to stick to a smaller number um, because then I know I have my three strategies set out and we'll see which one is the one this week that works. Because uh, in any given week, that type of strategy would work. That type of strategy would work. So I guess that's yep. kind of my my lucky. Nice. Yeah, and it, it just seems like it's, it's a good number for you to kind of grasp what you want to do with your lineups, uh, approach it with, you know, different strategies for each lineup. So that, that makes sense to me that it's just, you know, we, I think we all have different uh, numbers of lineups that are better for us. Uh, what I was, was going to ask before, I feel like if I were only playing three entries a night as a Timberwolves fan on, on nights when the Timberwolves are playing, I'd be like, all right, here's my Carl Anthony Towns lineup. Here's my Anthony Edwards lineup. Here's my maybe non-Timberwolves, my, maybe my D'Lo lineup. I don't know. So I, I feel like I would get uh, trapped in a little bit of bias, especially if they have like a, a good matchup. I would just, I wouldn't be able to help myself if I'm going to watch the game playing some Timberwolves. Do you ever feel like your, your fandom does bias you at all? Or are you pretty good at uh, keeping it out of your lineups? Um, at the end of the day, um, I've really just, I mean, because my most hated players become my favorite players after they help me win big. So yeah. I never liked Joel Embiid my whole life. But he, with like a, a last second like pass or something, got me my first 100,000. And I'm like, Oh, I love Embiid. So um, I I have biases towards players, but sometimes I like playing the the person I hate the most. Uh, I don't let what I feel about them ever like get in the way of my lineups, and I try to stay away from my favorite teams, which also can be a detriment because that's how um, I got hurt in baseball in the baseball championship at DraftKings. I was going to play Brewers and I all week thought I was going to do the Brewers. And then I'm like, this is just, that's just my heart speaking. This is stupid. Yeah. I, I change it. The Brewers went off and I would have oh. won. The oh, and that's that, rough. 
was a tough pill to swallow. I'm like, she'll learn from fantasy that sometimes your people can pull through. But um, I normally just stay away from Bucks games because, I mean, I love like I love Drew Holiday so much. I don't want to get mad at him because he didn't win me money. You know. Yeah, I suppose. But sometimes but, you can't avoid Giannis, right? I mean, there there are nights where it's just like oh, Giannis yeah, projects like- so much better than everybody else. What can you do? Yeah, yeah, he's fun to play. It's still scary. I still have this feeling like, oh, this could just be his off game. It's so easy for him to just have one of those. And I, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like thinking about um, thinking about it too hard. I'm either gonna play him or not, and I know it right away. Because if I think too much about it, then I'm like, almost talking myself out of like loving him as much as I do. I don't want to think like he's gonna let me down. Or he's not that consistent, so I'm just like leave that alone. If there's another comparable player playing that night, I mean, of course okay. there's there's slates where y- you have to play those types of people. Yeah. If it's a small slate or something like that. Yep. All right, but but if you have the the choice between Giannis and Jokic, you're more likely to play Jokic because you don't want you don't want Giannis to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as good as Giannis is, he doesn't like do five seventy burgers in a row. So yeah, Jokic is pretty True. safe. Although I have taken Jokic and he um, has done terrible for me, but no I mean, one else. We all have. No, I I've had that experience too. It's it's rare for Jokic, but that's why we play him a lot. So eventually, if you play yeah. him all the time, he's going to let you down eventually, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, how, how does this guy let me down? Come on, but I mean, you can say that about every single player after you play enough. So so you you play primarily. It sounds like basketball, football, and baseball are your three main sports. Yes. They play yeah. most consistently. Uh, which which one do you think you have the biggest edge in? Um, ooh, I guess maybe I would answer this question differently at different time periods because um, I I've always thought like I would have the biggest edge in, in basketball. Like that's what I've always surrounded myself with. That's mm-hmm. what my first passion ever was in sports. Like I am a huge basketball fan, but then I like struggle with it more often than baseball and football. So um, I think that, I mean, baseball, last year I would have said this is the one I had the biggest edge in just because I knew what my sweet spot was as far as the size of the contest I wanted to play. So I already knew that about myself. I'm not just like experimenting. Um, so I, I do experiment with different contests at various times, but this was like my my bread and butter. Um, I, I felt confident that I was going to be covering more, covering more bases, so to speak, with my lineups. Like I knew what a lot of the winning lineups looked like. Um, like all the times I didn't win, like I was just taking notes every time looking. Um, so I felt like I finally got to the point where I put these lineups in, and I, I mean, it was almost for sure money at that point. Um, which I never felt about any other sport before. So, so I say probably baseball, just when I start to like get in my groove with it, because I could think I'm in my groove with football and I am so wrong. I just have like, I just a horrible Sunday. I'm like, I really thought I was getting good at this. Like what happened? Like after the, the Millie, even I, there was so many Sundays where I like was feeling really bad about myself and it was that money didn't even help. Like I just wanted to show that I can like still win. Um, yeah. and it would be just like the smallest things. So I feel like baseball always felt safer because, um, 
maybe just because there were more contests going on, but yeah. also because if your batter gets hurt, it is like far less bad and yeah. just it, it doesn't it doesn't absolutely destroy your chances. I mean, you probably won't win first, but you can make your money back. And football, someone gets hurt, you're done for. There's just so yeah. many like like that's it, your day's over, stuff like that. Or just, I don't know, like injuries was huge in football. But then in basketball, it's like, well, who decided not to play tonight because they just could take a day off? Like right. they're all starved. They don't have to really try tonight. Steph Curry, for example, comes to Milwaukee and he's like, well, I'm not going to play the second half. And all these little kids are like, we came to see right. you. Steph. Yeah. But baseball is just like, it's safer. Um, maybe they won't score at all, but it's not going to like ruin your chances at, at survival. All right, so so baseball probably number one for you, even though you're a bigger basketball fan, it sounds like. And you said you oh, used yeah. to play basketball, so yeah, and, and football. And of course, I Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Winning the Millie, it's tough to, you know, you, you can't really do that in baseball, unfortunately. There aren't too many baseball Millie makers. I guess there, there's yeah. usually one or two a year, but uh, I guess you can settle yeah. for those those six-figure scores in baseball as your, as your biggest edge. Um, all right, let, let's yeah. talk a little bit about process. Um, just So we've gotten into some background and, and talked about how you get into DFS, uh, which which sports you enjoy playing. Um, let's just just on a more, let's start with some basic questions that I ask every guest. Uh, do you do any simulations or use simulations from outside sources as part of your process? Um, no, because this that like, goes back into the, I just look at someone else who did it and then yep. read their answers. I guess I've always been that type of person's like, well, um, the answers are out there. I just have to go find them. And I could find anything online. It was really dangerous. Like when you take online tests and we had laptops in high school and I'm like, I could find this answer so fast. Oh, it's no. so easy. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm like, the answers are all out there waiting for me. So if I want a certain anything, like I could just type it in and then go find someone who wrote this really nice, eloquent article about it. So yeah. I'm always reading everybody else's work, like nonstop. Sure. Going back um, to cheating off your friend's homework in, in math in high school. 
totally, totally. as I said earlier. Uh, but but then so so it's not a part of your process. You don't run your own simulations. But do you uh, use any sources that run simulations? Like so, for me, for example, I use uh, the Osmo tools. I use the Boom Bus tools, which are all based on mm -hmm. simulations. Uh, do you? It sounds like you do probably read some of those kinds of use those tools that maybe run simulations to give you odds. Yeah, I think that when I look at um, sites, and especially um, now with baseball, I'm getting more into the data, like um, just trying to just expand my mind a little bit more with it. So I, I found a website that is wonderful information about every park and it runs simulations about the two teams meeting at that park with those weather conditions. And so I just sit there and I mean, I can get lost in it, but it is really, I mean, you can't like be like, you can't use that information to like completely make your lineup. You always have to know that like human factor that like, even though it's not good pitching conditions, that pitcher is going to go off because they always do it that like other right. stuff like that. So I always try to keep that stuff into consideration, but I do find it maybe helpful. It's at least really interesting to look at all of those different types of simulations and just to see the extensive um, data that these people put out in this website that's for free. I'm like, all right, like I don't need to do much work. But then I um, I'm really big into using LineStar for, um, I mean, that's just like how I started. So I would I will dabble with lots of other people's tools. But then what I go back for like my main information, kind of is like the sounding board. Um, that would be LineStar, and it's because they list a lot of history. Um, so like the past year, maybe even a little bit more, anything that's relevant as far as games that these players have played. Um, and then you can look at all the stats from every game. You can see all the percentages going up against whatever player, if it's uh, whatever defense in football or whatever pitcher, um, just having that at my disposal. And then it'll be color coded. And I'm like, it couldn't get like better than that. So um, even though you do still have to like use your own intuition a little bit, having all that stuff laid out for you, it just helps your intuition. Over time, you start to really develop patterns with, with certain scenarios that, uh, that you went through in order to win. Um, but then, I mean, it took maybe like a full year to understand all of the lingo and terminology and stats that because there's so much information listed and at first yep. i'm just looking at the, the big numbers then i'm like oh what does that number mean now and what is that and i'm learning all this new baseball terminology and my husband can't believe it because i he never thought he'd ever see me into baseball um but <laughs> it's just amazing the information that is there and so that one is nice because it gives you a lot of that basic that I would be asking if, mm -hmm. if I didn't have this tool and I could just go ask somebody else all the questions that I would want to know in order to see how I feel about the games, they're all answered on that website. And then, um, and th this is line star. Yeah. And you get the perfect lineups, um, always listed with, with, uh, their little trophy. So that's also extremely helpful. It's like, who's usually in a perfect lineup, like, um, anything that's relevant. And then of course, the optimizer. So they do have an optimizer, okay. and that's that was my next question. So, yeah. so you you're not a hand builder, or or do you do some hand building and some optimizing, or do you just use the optimizer? I um, at first when I started, I would do the optimizer, and then like I can't stand seeing like a thousand dollars left over. I know I can switch that in the in the um, uh, in the widgets or whatever, but um, sure. I 
I just want to see what they think, like, what can you do with these players? And then um, I would tailor it a little bit, like right away. Now I'm purely like, I make my lineup and then I will only use an optimized lineup to compare, um, see if I'm like on the right track for what type of score I'm looking for, to see if like, a, because the, the optimizer will take into consideration what other people are saying about this player. Like, are they liking them? Are they hating them? Um, what is their their usage been? What's their ownership? Um, that stuff gets factored in. So I want to not be completely off the map with like the players I'm thinking of and like the obvious choices for tonight. Mm -hmm. I try to get a feel for like what everybody else in the sports community is thinking. Um, and I, it's easier for me to build my lineup by hand and then do the optimizer and then if I want to mesh it or if I just want to keep it away or whatever. Because sometimes I just straight up look at mine. I'm like, no, mine's so much better. And then I just go with it. But sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I need to make some changes. So it's really nice just to have that tool to compare. Because right away, of course, I wanted to use the optimizer. Now I'm like, I trust my own self, but it is really nice to still have it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's something that I, I don't really do. Uh, also, Fantasy Cruncher has a lineup builder tool, which you can go mm -hmm. in and like put your lineup in, and it can it can tell you how well it projects and how high owned it's going to yeah. be and stuff. And I, I haven't really gotten into using that just because I I am a 150 maxer, uh, and I, I have not had a ton of success at high stakes. But that seems like something that, particularly if you're only doing a few lineups, oh, that seems course. like a really useful kind of thing to do. Actually, it's interesting you say that because when I was just like you know watching the show a little bit to get familiar with you guys um, before doing the interview, I did hear Asimov talk about that tool. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's like the next step. That's the next thing I want. Like, I know that that is exactly what I've been looking for. So I'm yeah. interested to try that out. Definitely, definitely a useful tool. And I know that a lot of pros do use it. It's probably something that I need to do if I'm going to start playing higher stakes uh, rather than just high volume in, in the large field contests. Because, um, yeah, it definitely seems useful. Uh, all right. I, I was going to ask you if you do your own projections or your own ownership projections. I think you've kind of already answered that that's something that you go to outside sources for. Yeah. So um, I they're not extremely accurate on all these, like, random tools. Um, so I like to look at what the site is saying. It's probably ludicrous. It's like, the that's one hard thing to pin down um, for a lot of these, for a lot of these tools. But I know that like someone like Osmo is a lot more knowledgeable about what that ownership is going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, that's someone, that's basically a tool because he's played so much and he knows, he knows uh, all the different types of situations and yep. what he sees from all the guys. And he's just, been so immersed in it so i well, i'll text my friend and be like um so what did Osmo say the ownership look like and so then <laughs> he'll tell me so i still i'm always using outside sources um i when we were at one of the championship live events Osmo gave me like a free trial or something mm -hmm. to um to his website it was the tools and then i tried to log in at home and i'm like was i just like too drunk to understand what like what he was typing in on the phone and did I not get my username right or did I not do something right so I haven't been able to log in but I'm like oh well maybe it's for the best like uh I'll just keep doing what I'm doing but obviously yeah. I really need to start going in it 
Yeah, I, I understand the logic of not wanting to fix something that's not broken. And it, I mean, when you've had the kind of success that you've had uh, over the past year, it's like, why am I going to add new tools in if, if it's not broken? Of course, that's uh, my philosophy. And then I talked to some of my other guests on the show has been like, no, you need to be always changing your process, especially when you're winning, you need to be oh, yeah, always totally. evolving. So I uh, would agree with that. Um, I would totally agree with that. I think uh, I never try to do more than what like my brain capacity it will be able to handle like really well at that time because so i don't want to do anything half-assed so yep. i'm like where am i at right now with how i'm feeling about this and then am i looking for more um because sometimes you can have too much information and i was starting to get to that point i think probably with football i was never following uh my own instincts anymore i was listening to so many different people who i'm like okay well tell me what what your sources are um and you know, there's all these all these different types of sources and somehow i listen to them i lose but yep. if i would have listened to myself so i'm like that just it hurts but when you can like take on more information you're starting to understand whatever sport you're playing a little bit more um then i think that's when um you should start adding things in and my, yep. maybe not completely changing what you're doing but don't tell like so one thing that bothered me was when i would go to um one of the live events and someone would tell me like how are you ever gonna keep winning on that like you need to do this that their tool was better I'm like that really screws with people because you do make them feel like oh man i'm missing out on something else they go try it they lose their money i mean you didn't have to do that so everybody right. should always play where they feel comfortable even if it's just like, um, if it's a site more basic or whatever, if you're comfortable with it, that will always make you play the best. It's all the times I've felt uncomfortable, unsure when I do the worst. So yeah. that makes sense. Do do what you're comfortable with, enter what you're comfortable with, use the tools you're comfortable with. I think that all makes sense to me. Let me take a minute away from this conversation with Rebecca to tell you about our sponsor, Noah's Advantage. Noah's Advantage is bringing you a different way to enjoy DFS with player props contests. It's 100% peer-to-peer to help level the playing field with over 500 player props offered. All new users get a $25 deposit bonus with promo code AWESEMO, that's A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Noah's Advantage offers mass entry capability with big prize pools. Beat your friends, not the house. Use our Noah's Advantage projections and optimal lineup tools to help you take down big prizes. Download in the App Store or play on noahsadvantage.com. Uh, so, so let's talk about uh, your, your process for specific sports. So I know you've had a lot of success in MLB, NFL, and NBA DFS. Let's start with uh, NBA. So how long before the first game's locked do you typically start working on a given slate? Oh, as soon as possible. Um, I usually start looking at um, a lineup. Like, I mean, I look before I go to bed. I'm always on my phone. So before I go to bed, when I wake up, um, I will wait in, in extreme anticipation sometimes for the, the uh, site to reload for the next day. So the optimizer and all the players and, um, and they do a really good job like midnight, every night they make sure that everything's loaded. So the projections may be off because it's just like the first iteration they're putting the players out there, but I at least can get familiarized with who's all gonna be playing because mm -hmm. then I sit on it for you know, while I go to sleep the next day, I, I sit on all the stuff I've already read, and then I start adding in the new information. And I 
I always tell myself, well, don't actually create the lineup until like an hour before because yeah. so many changes happen and you don't want to get flustered if you like really got set in something. Sometimes like knowing and reading and doing all your research and then having just that hour so you don't overthink things. Um, you, everything is more fresh at that time because there's times I forget about a player that I was interested in yep. because I made a lineup and then I just forgot that they were someone I said, like, maybe I should look at them, you know? Um, so, but sometimes the anticipation kills me too much and I start making the lineups like <laughs> right when I wake up. The night before, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So that, that's, uh, I mean, so I, I usually don't start looking until a couple hours before just because I'm like, yeah. and so much oh changes God. in NBA and like the, the hour or two before lock that it's like, almost like, what's the point? But I think that does make a lot of sense. You, you look at it the night before, you kind of get an idea of what's on the slate. And maybe that helps you to, even though sometimes you're going to forget the players that you, you know, intuitively like, but at least it, you uh, figure out who you like intuitively before you kind of look at, you know, some, some of the tools and stuff. So that probably does make some sense to at least look at it the night before. Yeah, and, and every game, like, gives you a different type of feeling, t different type of emotion. I know I always speak about this stuff as emotions, but so much of it is, and these emotions are based off of, like, real things. So it's not like, oh, you're just an emotional person. You're going to let your emotion um, cause you to make stupid mistakes. It's like the emotion is, um, you know, just a product of, like, all the things you've been seeing between, yeah. like, this certain matchup, this certain thing. Like, for me, every time I see... The players or i see who they're playing i'm like i get this like feeling this this yeah. some sense of feeling that i know you might call it intuition right like it's, it's a little bit more like you you've been yeah. here before so you have some intuition for what oh. what you expect from players well fantasy um i thought for sure i'd have the same lineup as someone else um so fantasy in miami my intuition was in milwaukee i have seen like cameron johnson cash threes i've seen crowder cash so many threes and you're like what the heck? Where were you the other night? And you had like 10 fantasy points, but then against my books here in Milwaukee, it has to be in Milwaukee too. It's not, you know, in his house. Comes to Milwaukee and just kills us at the three-point line. Just stupid stuff like that where it's the big guy shooting. But enough times of that happening, I'm like, of course, like these would be my utility players. And when I saw no one else did it, I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, I guess you're not from Milwaukee. You don't know the heartbreak that he brings. Yeah. So your pain, <laughs> your pain helped you in that situation. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, so what is involved in your process? I mean, you said that you do use an optimizer uh, at LionStar, but what, are you listening to uh, any shows while you're working on your lineups? Or are you kind of doing it in silence? Do you, do you like your own, you know, solitude and focusing on your own? Um, I do like the solitude, actually. Um, it's weird. And that's, it's hard kind of to be at those live events before the contest starts like I don't even have interest in like mingling and talking up until it's locked and there's nothing I can do about it anymore and yep. then I'm still gonna like have anxiety so um I really like being alone when I'm doing this because it hundreds of times now maybe where I listen to something and it sways me and I make these last minute changes and then mm -hmm. I was right prior and it kills me so much every time but it's like it doesn't stop happening, so I really need to block out because I will always be persuaded, even if I tell myself not to, because people plant little seeds in your mind. Yep. Um, so if I block everything out and I'm, I have pretty much solitude, then after I scour for as much information as I can, then I'm okay, like, 
sitting back and, and listening maybe like on Sundays, of course, we just put on like um, pre game day stuff and I'll listen to what they have to say. At this point, I'm pretty much like already set with like all You're the things. You're locked in. Yep. I'm pretty locked in, but sometimes someone might have an interesting point. So I, I do listen to people talk, but people have a tendency to just say things that um, maybe no one else has said so that if it happens, mm -hmm. they'll look really cool or like that person didn't tell you any reason behind like what their opinion was yeah. or there's so I, I need facts with everything someone tells me. Like, I want you to tell me, like, why do you feel that way about this? Yeah. But when you do listen to shows, you get way less of that. Um, Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I'm sure it's different. Like, if I started, like, uh, I don't know, watching... Maybe just more awesome content or something like that. But I do have a lot of people who already watch it and then let me know what they said. Right, right. Because I don't think I would be able to sit there and then like actually listen to a whole show. I'm, I, my concentration's not that great. Okay. You probably notice like I'm always like looking off. Um, I noticed. So if I'm like if I'm in my phone, I can't also listen. Um, but my husband is a saint he does all that kind of work for me. Like he will listen to all different types of shows. Um, and then he'll just like kind of pick and choose what he thought was most important. Like the takeaways, and, like that's the kind of information I like getting. Like, thank you. He just summarizes like, Hey, like this is what these people said about this. It's an interesting scenario. Don't make it change what you were going to do, but I wanted to bring it up because you know, and so just like, that's perfect for me. Is your husband also a DFS player or is he just taking in this information to give it to you? Um, he really just like works to give it to me because he's a CPA and he, um, like last year he would join me, but he would never do the really expensive contest. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took me a while to even be honest with him about how expensive the contests were. Um, but he finds a lot of joy in doing everything I'm doing, helping me, but then just putting his in smaller contests and letting me do the thing I need to do. Yep. Cause he knows like, he can't get me to 
stop doing the biggest money possible. Like I know it probably would have felt a little bit better, like, you know, earlier last year when things were a little like there wasn't an, a million yet. I know yep. he would have liked that. I just slowed down a bit, but, um, he's not going to ever tell me, no, I can't do that. Right. And he doesn't want to watch me like do it all by myself either. So he's just yeah. like, even though it's scary as heck, I'm going to be there for her and I'm going to do whatever I can to like help her. Then he's also noticed like times I've gotten mad in the past. Like what did she not have at that moment? And maybe we didn't have enough time between um, like, we can't do things like right at six o'clock because yep. you do not know what other changes, even if my contest is locked, I only do late swaps. So there's many changes I can still make. So there's like a time period where we just can't be like rushed to go anywhere or do anything. Because at the end of the day, like, even if I'm optimistic about um, getting something done in a certain amount of time, I always take extra time or I always like, I just, um, yeah. So basically because we're late to everything we ever go to, (laughs) but (laughs) he knows now like, well, when it comes to DFS, we're like extra late. We'll be like an hour late somewhere. So let's just not schedule anything. It takes time. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so you mentioned late swap. Is late swap an important part of your NBA process? And and what does your late swap process look like? Are you making changes by hand, or are you still are you going back into your optimizer and and help using that to help you make changes? So it totally depends. Like sometimes it's like five minutes left. I'm like, oh crap, because I I will like forget that I needed to keep checking on this one player. Like there'll be someone I'm like, I don't know, like. I'm going to keep my eye on them and then I'll forget and be like five minutes left. Um, I will not go into any kind of tool. I will just go in there and um, just do it manually and like look through the players manually, you know, like old school mm-hmm. when you first start playing. And sometimes that actually is better for me because I don't waste extra minutes. If I'm like in a serious time crunch, um, I'm not wasting any extra minutes. I'm just going in there and everything is instinctual at that point. You just like, you go with your gut um so hopefully that stuff doesn't happen too much but when whenever it's like the the so many questionable so many gtds in basketball if you didn't have late swap you couldn't really play successfully um you could never have like a really high score because you would never be playing any risks you would only be doing the people you feel the most safe with late swap allows you to um, allows you to open up some more options for yourself that like, if anything happens that even changes your mind about something. So you're like, okay, I'm going to put these players in as my maybes. Late swap, you can confirm it later. And you can, you know, any last minute stuff, when you have someone going in the night game, well, like two people going in the night games, you have a much better chance um, I think of winning because you played the best guy you possibly could from every from every um, game that happened. A lot of times when you don't want to have to maintain your lineup, you don't want to have to use the light swap or anything. You just stick with like a bunch of the early guys, and then you watch everyone pass you at the end. Um, you and because like a really good player, you didn't know for sure if they were going to play or any little thing that happened um, to make 
to make sure that out of every game you got like the best you possibly could. Yep. So I think, I mean, I couldn't live without it, but I, yeah, I just uh, mostly do uh, yep. the changes inside by myself, but then sometimes I'll go to a tool if I, if I really need help, if I'm in a sticky situation and can't yep. make the appropriate uh, recipe for players. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, so, so for me, late swap is I'm, I'm late swapping 150 lineups. So it's, I couldn't, couldn't possibly do it by hand. Uh, but with, with three entries, I imagine, uh, that it's uh, obviously easier to do by hand. Also, I emotionally, that would be more tough for me just doing, you know, changing three lineups. Cause then it's like, oh man, I switched off yeah. and I switched off the it nuts. Is. I would have, I would have won if I had just stuck with my lineup. Has that happened to you before where you've oh, late swapped and yeah. I I have to say, like, you just hit the nail on the head, like, the worst part about doing the contest that I do. But that is the worst part. Um, late swap has screwed me in the past uh, because, I mean, I just overthink things so much. Um, and then you get all this extra time to decide. So there's something comforting, like, when you do one of the contests or events where it's, like, completely locked then. So, like, the baseball championship, I'm like, oh wow like it's kind of freeing like i don't i don't have to have anxiety about this first night what's done is done um but <laughs> it definitely is like the worst part about it is is that emotional but when i've done the 150 max entries then i'm like how the hell do i start late uh, late swapping these guys like you find out some information especially like if it was a, a small slate like one game and you really needed one guy to play who was maybe gonna sit yep. i mean so many of your lineups have them and I, yeah. it just feels like did i just waste my time with all of that so it can uh, be rough yeah it's daunting if you guess and you guess wrong it can definitely put you in a, a bad spot I, I assume that's the case with you know just three lineups too unless you're leaving multiple spots open so that you can you know really manage uh moving players around and getting to better combos but if you just leave one spot open for a player yeah. that you're making a guess on and then that player's out yeah that can put you in a rough spot yeah you definitely have to only like make those risky moves like okay i i might fill these spots you have to find players who are similar price and so some days it's not even possible to play around with a lineup even after like only the first game starts and there's so many games at night but for whatever reason, the pricing just didn't work out where you could actually really switch anybody. Um, yep. You know what I mean? So yep. you kind of have to just always play it by ear. Like, well, these guys, okay, so I might be switching these three players around because the pricing just works out that way. So I like when that happens. I like having a little more freedom that way. But yep. <laughs> don't do something where, like, if that person doesn't play, you're absolutely screwed because the next guy is $2,000 cheaper and you're not going to win with that. Yeah, it's not going to work out most of the time. Um, yeah. All right, so, so you're you're not very active on Twitter. I guess you have been for the past <laughs> 24, maybe 12 hours or so, you've been a little bit more active on Twitter. Uh, you kind of came back to us. Uh, but in general, you're not very active on Twitter. And I know a lot of pros, including myself, use Twitter as a source of news for injuries, lineups, uh, and other such things that might help in DFS. Do you use Twitter for those purposes? Ha have you been using it for those purposes? Or where do you get that kind of information? That's so funny. Okay, so yes, now I'm like fully back immersed in Twitter world and I love it and I've missed it so much. But I, um, since I had deleted my old account uh, from when I was in college and at the radio station, um, I don't follow all the appropriate people. I don't um, 
you know, I just know I'm not going to get the best content um, until I can just have like a decent amount of people start following me. So it really helps like when you put my hand out there, because then now I, I trust that these are all DFS people who are going to be um, on my feed. And it, so that helps like just right off the bat. But mm -hmm. before I had something like that, I was just using my husband because he's on Twitter every day checking sports. He only okay, uses so, it. So he's your new source. He's using the so, same sources as the rest of us and then just relaying it to you. Yeah. And, and the more he has like been involved in this world with me, he's been to every one of the contests with me. Um, he knows exactly what to look for and he knows who to listen to. So he just, he's like a, a great sidekick who like, I will be the one stupid enough to put this money in, but you'll be the one who's like giving me anything I need in order to make that happen because he just goes through all his Twitter stuff and says something interesting to me or yeah, I, I even just like love when he gives me the NBA paints to try to guess. Have you done any of those? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I can't follow the account because when he does it with me, he hides the name and I have to guess what the NBA paint person is supposed to be. And it's like a pun on their name. Okay. Um, so we were at least on Twitter always looking for those. Um, one popped up yesterday. I was like, I can't look at this. I can't see the answer. Because that's how you get really good at testing your basketball knowledge is to think of who the heck that player is and what that paint is supposed to be and what pun is supposed to be. So um, he's always like bringing me stuff like that or like the the football Weddle game. So not Wordle, but it yep. is Weddle. And then Portal. Yep. So I think he gets all this stuff from Twitter, but he brings that to me and I'm like, this is just more practice for me and I love it. Um, so he's always just quizzing me, helping me. Um, sometimes he has serious questions that he's thinking about, like starting to do some kind of contest or he'll like do a smaller contest and then tell me like after he wins and I'm like, oh, because like, I mean, I, I want him to do like as much as he wants, but I don't want him to, to feel like he, he can't do it because I do it. Right. Um, but he, he doesn't really care that like, he's doing all this work while I'm the one putting it all in. Um, he just that's good. doing it every day. He just, you're working together supportive. That, that sounds really nice. Yeah, it really is. I mean, without, I mean, it's stupid and cheesy, but without him, I probably wouldn't even be doing it because you do need someone to support you. You need someone yeah. to tell you, first of all, you're not crazy. Someone to say, I believe you that you can do it. Um, someone just to, like make you feel sane. And then like when you get mad, they can at least under understand more than like another person would understand like the problem because he sees you doing it every day and yeah. he can respect it a little bit more. It's like really the only reason I can even do it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. My, my wife is also very supportive. She doesn't, she, she's not really part of my process the way your husband is, uh, but still very supportive. And it's definitely helpful to have a supportive spouse or significant other um, when, when, yeah. They're not supportive. I imagine that's uh, pretty pretty tough. Actually, it's a, a spot that I've been in in past relationships. So yeah, I was gonna uh, say not as I, enjoyable. A common problem, I think, for a lot of guys. So if you have someone who is really cool and supportive with it, like that is a cool girl. Like those are the type of people like hanging out with. People who are like, well, I don't do it, but I think it's really cool, and I'll hang out with you, like and enjoy the stuff with you, like bringing your friends to the live events, like people who can really get in it, even though it's not something they are doing. Those are the best people, and it's so important to have them around. 
yep, hundred percent agreed. Um, all right, uh, so so getting back to uh, some process stuff, uh, maybe maybe we'll just uh, gloss over a little bit for NFL and MLB, and then get into some more uh, some different types of questions because uh, we got pretty pretty into your NBA process, uh, well, which is yeah. I, I think the most interesting process. Uh, but we, we, let's just touch on NFL and MLB really quick. So for NFL, when do you start working on? I think you already mentioned that you sometimes like the on Sunday if you're having uh, yeah. a down yeah. a down week, you, you start working that same day on the the following week's contests. Oh God. Yeah, totally. Um, it just, it all depends. And it's funny. It's like talking about my process, my process is like nothing concrete. Like it just always changes, you know, um, depending on the week, depending on, uh, what's going on in my life and stuff. Um, depending on what I have time for, depending on, I just like, I'm sick of doing, like if I'm sick of sitting there and researching, sometimes my brain needs a break from information and I just need to go make lineups. Um, that happens with football quite a bit. So because I'm always like, don't dwell on the loss, like just look at the next one, look at the next one. Everything is always like, okay. And I can deal with it knowing that there's another opportunity coming up. So I'm okay with losing because I know that I'll just win in the future, but I, mm -hmm. I, I can't just uh, take a loss and then be like, well, I'm going to be done for a little bit because a lot of times it's like the win that comes right after. So football, I always feel that way. Like, all right, this was a really bad Sunday, so I'm already looking for it. So it was actually kind of nice, though, um, doing the single slates for Sunday nights if I had a bad Sunday day. Yep. Because then it was, like, super motivation. And that actually, like, came through for me a couple of times where I'm like, I put in just a crap ton of money because you're, you're really putting most of your money on one day. And you don't have, like – so you can, like, kind of uh, – you can kind of get away with it because you're like, well, I'm not spending it throughout the week, so I can do more for football. But then you put all that money in, and then, like, you were just completely in the long, wrong line of reasoning when you were thinking of what was going to happen in each scenario of the games today. Mm -hmm. So then, like, I can't, I can't handle just watching those games fizzle out without anything. Like, I can grasp right, uh, right after that. Sunday nights, it's perfect because I'm like, well, I got Sunday night. So then I'm like, yep. let's be kind of risky because it's Sunday night. I'm angry. I had a few beers and I just want something crazy to happen. So, I mean, that's worked out before. Um, one time I, it was actually with the Packers. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can um, do this game without messing it up completely since I love the Packers. But um, I also was really set on winning the 100000 that I didn't win earlier that day because for some reason I thought for sure I was going to win it that day and I didn't. I was like, but there's no $100,000 contest for me to play tonight. So I added up all these different contests that would equal 100 and I'm like, oh, whatever, I'm doing it. Like, um, I already was like very crabby at my, my husband. Um, if I come out with like this new sense of energy, like, well, we're going to win this next one, then it's just going to be a much better night for both of us. Um, it is risky being the Packers and then doing all these different types of contests and only one lineup for the whole thing. Um, and I would never recommend that to anybody, but just because like, it was such a crappy day and I, of course, like way too long, it was about to lock soon. And I wasn't sure if I want to do multiple lineups. I just put the same lineup in multiple times in all these contests. And because I won first, 
it all added up to $100,000. I think it was like four wow. or five contests and I had to be first and second in all of them in order to reach that. But <laughs> I just said earlier in the day, I'm like, I got, I have to, I have to do that. And then divine intervention, the Packers somehow. <laughs> that's great. That is, that's funny that you, you were so focused on getting to the hundred thousand that you just entered more contests than you, than you typically would. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised there, I'm surprised there were no hundred thousand a first contest. That, that seems like a rare thing. Obviously that's because you're playing uh, high stakes and not, not high volume. Yeah. It was, it was on FanDuel and it was um, high stakes. Oh, sure. because, because if I need, if I felt like, okay, I wasted today and I need to make money tonight, I will never mess around with like the big contest. Um, yep. Because the most that happens is I just tie up bunch of people when it comes to the single slate um football games but um i think it's anybody's game when it comes to the single slate it's it's more fun in football than other sports to do it um the prices are the salaries are just like such crazy numbers sometimes you're like you have your 200 dollars guy and and that's what won it for me in in the packer game was i took uh use chick Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll use Jeff. Juice. <laughs> um... He scored. It was unbelievable because he had not had like any points the whole season. And all of a sudden, I'm the only one who has. I'm like, see, this is why you got to do those small contests. Like, I made a stupid mistake. And uh, I mean, not a mistake, obviously, it worked out. But like, you do something like that. And the, the smaller contests are the only ones where you see like the true benefit of like, I'm the only person who had that person, or I'm the only one of five people who had that person. It just also feels pretty cool instead of tying everybody because they used statistics to do exactly what you did. And you're right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've been there where I've hand built a lineup and tied with somebody else who uh, presumably used an optimizer. And it's definitely a bummer yeah. when you, when you split with other people. Uh, so for, for football is, is late swap a big part of your process as a high stakes player? So for me, I don't, because I'm doing 150 entries, I typically only late swap uh, if I have a lineup that I want to, that, that's doing really well and I want to optimize it to, to get it better projected or uh, if, if a player is injured or something, if there are no injuries that, you know, really change the afternoon slate, do you still, because you're only playing three entries, do you do late swap to like 
for example, if your players are doing really well, do you get more optimal? Uh, or if, if your players are doing poorly, then do you try to get more contrarian with your uh, afternoon players? Or what's your process like for football? I guess I never... I never put that into words before, but that is what happens naturally. I feel like that's like human nature. Um, I feel like it's like, well, what does it matter? Like, I need something. I need something different. I need to be, I need to have some kind of thing to hold on to as hope because uh, just obviously, like you said, it's they're not performing as well as you thought. And the, the only opportunity that's even left is to be different. So yes, um, I think in those cases, uh, I try to do as little late swapping in football as possible because of making last minute errors, switching yep. it right before it locks because I got, my anxiety got the best of me. Like, like I heard something about this player and now I'm like, was I wrong for thinking it should be this player the whole time? And then I do it, the swap, and then it locks. And I'm like, no, I want to go back. So I try to avoid that. And um, I try to keep my teams pretty much set in stone. But then okay. there are days where it's like, let's just throw anything at the wall and see if it sticks and go super contrarian. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's ever worked for me. Maybe it's gotten my money back in some cases, which is enough for me. Like, it's always an okay day if all the money comes back. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm typically happy with that. I mean, obviously you're you're trying to win, but more more often than not, uh, at least for me, I'm I'm losing money most days. So uh, if you can if you can make your money back, typically that's uh, okay. better than better than average. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, for MLB, I'm just uh, let's stick skip over process just because we we're, we're going long and I still have a lot of questions that I want to ask you. But one thing I just I'm curious about with MLB is uh, so because you're playing much different contests than I am. So I'm playing, you know, contests that have 30,000 people in them. So I am full game stacking typically uh, on FanDuel. I'd be playing like 4-4 four, four or 4-3 four, lineups where I'm playing four batters mm -hmm. from one team, uh, yeah. four or three from the second. Uh, do you do the same thing when you're when you're making lineups for high stakes or do you are you more trying to get the higher projected players or are, are you building in those correlations with, with full team stacks? Um, so when I first even like attempted a baseball contest, um, I and like I would see the stack tool and I'm like, why would I really want that? And then I started to to like just open my eyes a little more. I'm like, oh duh, like baseball stacking is great. Um, stacking can hurt you in some other sports and you know, some other scenarios. Yep. And sometimes it can hurt you in baseball because you're like, oh, this lineup just looks more appealing to the eyes to see a couple player or a couple teams and just all the players from just those two teams it looks better than having all these like multiple it kind of feels like random but the first time i ever won a hundred thousand with baseball i had the most random lineup and some guy at, um that i met in at the fantasy live final he saw the back of my shirt and was like you're our jacobic no way and he goes and grabs his friends and he brings out his phone and shows a screenshot of when I beat him for $50,000 and I had no stacks, just absolute one-off team. And I was like, one-off is bad? I'm like, I don't know, like so far I've been lucky with my one-offs, but then there's nights where you're like, you just completely shit the bed because they're like, the one-offs did not hit. Yeah. So the time and place, um, and sometimes if, if I'm like feeling like my stacks have just, I've always been like, just choosing it wrong for maybe like a week and I'm like back to one-offs. 
Okay. Like sometimes I just can't get my stacks right. It's like so you still do it sometimes. So sometimes you're just like oh, yeah. the stacks aren't working out. I'm just gonna go back to what has worked for me in the past, and you just go to yeah. one-off kind of lineups. Fail safe type thing. The stacks is what I I usually do now. Just okay. like, but but not too much so, which um. Because, like, it, it scares me when I see, like, someone's line up with, like, five guys from the same team. Like, so rarely does it seem to work out. But when it does, it does. And so that's why, like, having multiple lineups, I'll do one that is, like, some solid stacks, mini stacks. I'll do one that's, like, much larger stack. And then I'll do one-offs. I like being able to try out the, the different strategies each night because stacking a team that doesn't do well, you have no shot. So at least if I only had one guy from that team and my one-offs, like maybe it is just like a single guy type night. Sometimes every team did not do that well, but there'll be like one star. Yep. So, I mean, you have to be kind of lucky to have that happen, but you have a much better shot than choosing the stack where that just like absolutely did not perform the way everyone thought they would perform. Yeah. Sometimes whenever you see someone getting hyped up too much, like, um, whoever is batters are just getting hyped up like they're gonna have the best day that is a red flag and i run from that <laughs> i mean yeah I, that has happened to me too many times where i'm like everyone talked about doing this stack and i do it and nope nope so <laughs> then that stack is chalky and everybody's playing them and you get you gain an advantage by going away from that stock uh, stack that everybody else is playing because uh you're just reducing the field size if they don't do well and it's baseball so most teams yeah. are not going to do well most nights even in great spots uh so that yeah. makes a lot of sense uh so so actually i had deleted this question but because we're talking about uh correlation uh i, I was going to ask uh line star had posted a lineup where you won one hundred fifty thousand dollars. you came in third <laughs> place in a contest and you had kirk cousins as your quarterback and no vikings receivers anywhere in your lineup no no run back in the game is that something that you typically do in nfl where you just completely uh don't do any kind of stacking with your quarterback or was that kind of a uh oh. salary thing or what, what happened there um, so when I saw that you had brought that out, I'm like, I couldn't actually even remember it. I, I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, when the hell would I ever choose Kirk Cousins? Like, I don't <laughs> think I ever choose him. So I'm like, this sounds like a situation where I, my back was kind of up against the wall to find value. Okay. And he was, he was consistent enough for me. Um, and now that I'm actually talking about it, this was for like a larger sum of money. I think it this might have been the million. It must it have been. been. I mean, you, you got third place and you won 150,000. So I would imagine yeah, so it was million to first. Oh, damn. Now you bring this heartache back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring this back up. I do remember this now. It's so funny that you found because I didn't even know that they retweeted that one. Um, Kirk Cousins is like the only reason I didn't win the million then. I, yeah, he, I, he did. He had a bad game. He had a bad game. Yeah. After he was. Um, way more consistent for the price level than anybody else. I'm like, Kirk Cousins, who would have thought? And I feel like he, maybe I've chosen him. Sorry, my dog is crying. Um, maybe I've chosen him in the past where I just didn't feel like it was that bad of a choice. But then after like seeing it, I'm like, why the hell is Kirk Cousins on my team? But I did have more expensive receivers. So then it was one of those situations where I think I was, so with the million contests, I get like way too in my head and I, and I overthink everything. And um, I'm trying to hit every like possible outcome. Like it's going to be this person's game. I always put a receiver with um, their quarterback unless it's a running quarterback. And I think that they're just going to have a lot of touchdowns yep. um, depending on the defense. Sometimes with pricing, you just want 
one value player. So all your wide receivers can go off. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this was a situation where it was like choose between Kirk Cousins and like who else did I have on it? Was it like expensive tight end or something? Like maybe Kelsey? Uh, uh, let me, I'm, let me see. Really, but I think I was going back and forth between the value in the tight end or value in the quarterback. And yep. I think if I would have done it the other way, I would have won a million. No, you, you had Dalton Schultz at tight end, and it actually doesn't show his salary. So I don't know how much he cost uh, on this particular day. Your, your big <laughs> scores were you had Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel both put up huge scores, 50.6 for Tyreek, 38.7 for Debo. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Kurt, Curtis Samuel also really let you down with 5.9 fantasy points. Uh, so you had you had some players that really went off. But uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins also really let you down with 11.12. So I don't know. I don't know if there was if there was a player that you could have correlated with one of these receivers that would have done better. I don't know who who the uh, quarterbacks well, like, were in this game. In and this so game. in this type of lineup, I've noticed myself doing this. Um, there is a type of lineup I do where I'm just so receiver heavy because it's been a while since they all popped off. So if I have more lineups to play with, I'm like, all right, so everybody I think could just have a monster game because like Tyreek, if you don't have him on his, the one he like has 50 points, 60 points, because then, I mean, he is expensive for only getting like, I mean, last season, I feel like it was like three points, three points, three points, but you're like waiting for the, the boom. So this is one of those scenarios where I spent a lot on Debo because he is consistently getting big numbers. Mm -hmm. And then Tyreek, I thought it would be a big game for him for whoever they were playing must have been defense that he can handle really well. And then I must have just thought Kirk Cousins will do because no other quarterback is going to like score so much that it it makes me unable to win first. I feel like it was something like that. But okay. it, it was disgusting to look at because it, it looks ugly. And I never picked Kirk Cousins. So to see that, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, so um, I, I do tend to to have a player on multiple lineups, but I will always try to make one lineup without that person so that I don't let anything that was like too emotional like get involved. It's like, I'm wrong sometimes. Like sometimes I really think someone is going to have the best game ever, all the stars align and it, then they don't, or they get hurt. Injury is actually like probably biggest thing is like when you have an injured player on most of your lineups, that sucks especially if they're like a really good player that was supposed to give you a lot of points. So I always have my, my safety net kind of lineup. Okay. So, so in, in three lineups, you typically will do a max of two for any given player. You typically are not playing three, yeah. even if a player projects extremely well. So say it is a shorter slate where it's like Giannis is the best projected play by 10 points or, or Jokic, if you want to want to yeah. take the bias out of it, yeah. then will you play that player in all three or even then are you trying to just stick to two out no. of three? In case of injury, like that is a, a lot of salary to use on someone who like gets hurt. Um, those big guys tend to get hurt frequently. Or if it's like a game where they're, we didn't know they're going to blow them out that bad. You do not want to end up in that situation too. Um, so if I end up playing a player on all three of those lineups, it would most likely be like a crazy good value. Mm -hmm. So starting point guards out, I choose the backup and it just like works so well with everything else I want to do. So I don't want to, but I mean, that's even like gotten me in trouble, but it's not like the end all be all. You can still win money because if they were of value, then them not showing up is not going to be as big of a detriment. So right. I'm like, okay.
if they end up like only scoring 10 points. I can still get by, I can still double my money, I can still whatever. Um, so first place maybe is like out, out of the picture, but if the player does have a really good game, you're gonna be so thankful you had them on all three lineups. Yep. So there's there's days that it's like best scenarios, days it's not, but okay. um, it's safer than doing your all-star on all three. All right, uh, so, so I know, uh, I think you said that in NBA and MLB, you're typically just playing one contest and a given night, you're not entering multiple contests, but for NFL, okay, uh, well, not, not uh, entirely accurate? I mean, I it's hard to even remember. What was I doing last summer? Last summer was mostly one contest um, when it was just baseball, but basketball, I feel like um, if I'm not like doing a, a high entry contest, if I'm just doing something around like, you know, medium, like 500, then maybe I want to supplement it with like a, a really small contest on DraftKings. So DraftKings okay. is cool in the way that there's just, there's so much to choose from. So I can, I can mix and match contests. Um, sometimes I just think like, this one's safer. So I'm going to put some more money here. I'm not going to get $100,000 out of it. But this is like a low amount of people really good opportunity to make a little money then i can have my my more risky or or multiple lineups in the other contest so sometimes there's multiple um i would say baseball is mostly just like the, the high stakes contest and then basketball maybe two football okay. is like 100. <laughs> so it sounds like so so typically uh if you are playing in multiple contests you will enter different lineups in each contest. Obviously, you gave the example of the exception when you wanted to get to 100,000, you entered the same lineups in every contest, but but typically you, you will. Do as I say, not as I do. Don't do that. You wouldn't advise it, okay. I will not advise that. It just worked out one time. But, um, I mean, unless you're just so confident with the lineup you have. But uh, sometimes I do like to add a couple of the, the game, the contest together to get amount of money that I would be really happy with. Um, and there's been times where I can only afford to do like one entry here, one entry here with like the money that I left in my account that, or whatever reason, or I already yep. like have so much money in football. So it comes to like the afternoon games and um, I'm not going to have all that money back until the end of the games. So I just play with like what I have and I'll make two lineups that I want to include and then I put them in contests I think they would do the best in. Mm -hmm. And then turns out like, oh, I would have had that one in that contest. I would have came out like so much higher. So this happened where I'm like, I put the wrong lineup in the wrong contest. So yep. um, that happened actually a few times last year, like before I had a lot to play with. And my husband's like sick of me saying those li that line, like I put the wrong contest, the wrong lineup in the wrong contest. So... I kind of made it uh, a little bit more of a promise to myself to not keep doing that and just make sure I'm doing like the same lineup in all these contests and then maybe some additional lineups in that contest, but at least okay. always have the same lineup. So I don't have that regret sometimes like losing, but then not having all that regret with you is better or uh, winning. I mean, Regret sometimes is just like way worse than any amount of money because you're so disappointed in yourself. Yeah. So, so sometimes like it's not a what if, like I had a completely different lineup. It's a, well, I mean, you know, I wasn't going to let that one not have this lineup in. 
so that I couldn't look back on myself and be super pissed at it. You know, I, I had this awesome lineup and then just didn't put it in like the 100,000 one or I didn't put it in this one. I don't want to look back on that. So I generally yep. just... I do, I do the same thing. I, I avoid I avoid that kind of uh, disappointment by I've yeah. stopped playing any contest where I'm not going to be satisfied with the first place prize. That's just my way. I'm like, if, if, the, the only time if I am going to play a contest that has like only 10,000 of first or something, uh, then I'm going to play that same one in a bigger contest. Otherwise, I'm just I'm, I'm not going to even bother entering those, those exactly. lower. That's yeah. exactly how I feel, too. Yeah, You're doing a, a service to your future self. Because exactly exactly for your own mental health you need to do that what, what yeah. about cash games do, do you play any cash games or are you only a tournament player um not really a cash game i feel like looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sometimes, like, just out of boredom, um, like, maybe if it's very slow day there's not a, a big slate going on maybe i don't really want to bet that much money and i just want to see how this goes um there's been times i've just like done a couple and i mean it's fine it's just never like oh my god amazing after after i win because it's never like a crazy amount of money um so it just like feels good but it also feels like do i want to feel like i spent a lot of time for not a lot of gain um but yeah, mostly I stay away from those contests unless it's just one of those like random times, especially like during the day, I started experimenting with different types of contests. I'm like, well, maybe I'll find that like I have a niche somewhere um, and, or maybe I just want a little extra to play for tomorrow or whatever. So I just try to get a little amount that would yep. get to like whatever amount I needed. Um, or sometimes I just want to try a new sport and I, don't know much about it but i do a little bit of research and then i just play like low stakes stuff okay so like the csgo and the and the league of legends and lols, yeah yeah the lols <laughs> all right so so in limited circumstances you'll play cash but typically not a, not part of your everyday process 
Yeah. Um, all right. One more question about uh, you being a high stakes player. So you're you're entering contests that have sometimes just like one or two hundred players in it, um, maybe sometimes more. But uh, because you're playing in those contests, do you feel like you see the same players over and over again and kind of know how they're going to play? And does that is that a big factor in how you're building lineups because you know how the other players play? It actually really is, but you only get to that point after playing for like however long. Um, so, you know, my my second serious football season, um, that was when I started to really get good at a single game slate because I do recognize that. It's the same guys doing the big money every night. And it's familiar to me. Like, I don't mind seeing it. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to lose because it's all the, the big names. It's Osmo, Chipotle Attic. It's... It's all those guys. Um, I'm just like, I'm going to beat them tonight, and I want them to see that I beat them because it's just, like, fun. I did meet them, and, I mean, they were always – everybody's always happy for each other. It's nice to see a name you recognize. But um, I, I definitely have started to understand a little bit more how I should play if it's those guys versus, like, mm-hmm. just a bunch of random names. When it's, like – a lot of names I don't recognize. I mean, it must be like a weird hour that I'm playing. And it's scary because I have no idea. They'll end up with like the high scores and really crappy scores. And you just, you know what I mean? But when yep. you see when you see the big names, you know generally like how they're going to do. And you know what you need to have to beat them. So mm-hmm. also like knowing what they usually get, it allows you to to just like, benchmark that and then try to push forward any way possible like if you if you know that you need to be a little more creative against them or if you're like no i just straight up am okay with like tying them i want to have the smartest lineup for tonight because this game is just too risky to take any other chances like right then i'm okay with like just splitting the money um but there's certain guys that i always see that i'm like pretty tied with like the, we're always like you have similar lineups yeah and it was always nfl single slate and I, um which one was it it was one of the big names and i'm like oh it's always you but it's then have, like, so I don't know. It was, maybe it was like the whistle goes woo or whatever okay. whistles go woo, yeah <laughs> maybe it was him maybe it was a different name it was one of like the big ones where i'm like i know i'm getting good if every sunday i see my name next to his yeah, it's a good indicator. Have more lineups in because I Sunday night I'm always like just one or two. Sunday okay. night's not the night I spend them. I spent all my money earlier in the day that I was gonna play with, and I'm waiting for it to cash out. And so I'm like, okay, one lineup, two lineups, um, and he'll have Max. So it'll be like his name, my name, his name. I'm like, Ugh. so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that definitely, that's rough. Um, all right, so so we had uh, one listener question from Young Ben Stiller on Twitter. Uh, asked, any advice for my friend Maribel, who I introduced to DFS? Any tips for someone who doesn't have time to crunch 150 lineups into an optimizer? What is the most efficient way, time and energy, to put together a good lineup? That is a perfect question for you. It really is. I mean, that's exactly like how I tried to think about it going into it. Like. When I first started, I wasn't going to be able to spend the whole day doing it. And I needed to spend my time wisely. Um, now it just feels like I have so much time. Why wouldn't I do the max entries? But um, sometimes when you do try 
to do things efficiently. It doesn't matter like, um, it doesn't matter that I have more time in my hands. I still should be looking at things more efficiently because um, that's just always, that's the easiest um, to take in for someone like maybe who, if Maribel is like me and you're maybe not a numbers person and maybe you're not as knowledgeable about everything like these guys are who have been playing it for a long time, you need to efficiently find the information that is enough to give you some kind of like starting ground. So some platform. So if I, I just need to know um, like certain key information. So maybe just like not start with like the most extensive tool, but go to a website where you just like read somebody's take and I don't know, maybe you start from there or something, but just take in a little information that helps you already with like the knowledge that you're bringing forth. Um, for someone like me, it was definitely, definitely good to start slow and then start adding in all the numbers and the tools. So I, I don't know if she's that way too, but um, that's what I would say. Just yeah. like, don't, don't be intimidated by everything because just a little bit of information can lead to a win somewhere. Don't, um, don't play the high stakes until you have the money um, so that you do it without being extremely upset with yourself. Just like start practicing because then you're like, well, I was getting my information from this website and then I won this little contest and then you can see like what works for you. But if it doesn't work, don't risk a lot of money right away. Um, so I didn't, I didn't start winning the 100K until I felt comfortable enough to put the, the $555 entries into the basketball one. Mm -hmm. So this was like winter last year. I, was, I knew I was getting better. I could see my progress, um, but I knew I was not going to like easily win, easily make my money back. I knew it was, um, it was so close, but not quite there. So I just kept playing like those $100 contests because you still could get a decent payout. But then once you have that and you have the confidence built from winning that, then putting that into high stakes and then seeing that win, like that's the best feeling ever. But you really should see what you're capable of before you just like enter into yeah. enter into the the shark tank. So dip dip your toes into some lower lower stake stuff maybe to start. And it sounds like you do a mix of uh, using the numbers that are provided by other people mixed with your own knowledge of sports and your own, you know, you, you played long enough. So I think that after a while, you kind of have a good intuition for playing DFS too, which obviously if Maribel is just getting started, that's not helpful because she's just getting started. But but maybe sometimes, she has sports knowledge that is enough. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's like the person who is just doing it for the first time that wins because yeah. they're not looking at it with the same lens that all of us who are so wrapped up in it are looking at. They just like think of it more simple terms and then that's what it takes to win that week you know yep. so it's not even like you wouldn't have a shot just like get familiarized enough where you don't make anything like stupid that would just shoot you in the foot right away like make sure you're covering your bases as far as injuries and everything like that but anybody has a shot to win as long as they're just not making those errors that totally take them out of the running yep all right 
good advice for for a, a new a new player who's just oh, getting and started. Don't, don't give up because you, you will lose. That's why you have to play the cheap contest right away. Because um, if I wasn't like the most persistent person in the world, I would not have been successful because it was not that bright for a little while when I first started. Like you have your little taste of winning and then all of a sudden you're like, I suck and I will never be good at this. But if you just if you just keep going, eventually uh, you finally you finally get to that point where you're like proud of yourself a little bit, you're more confident, but you can't drop out of the race like in the middle of it. You have yep. to keep going. Let me take a minute away from this conversation with Rebecca to remind you to give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Be sure to also check out our monthly podcast giveaway. Just subscribe to our podcast channel and leave a five-star review with your Osmo username or Twitter handle to be entered to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. People, I think a lot of people start playing DFS and they lose for a week straight and they're like, oh, I suck at this. I'm going to stop playing. But it's like most of us lose most weeks. Like even the yeah. best players in the world are not winning every week. It's usually, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm on, I'm on a huge downswing right now and it's been months long, which is the longest I've ever gone. But like, that's not uncommon. Yeah. People just can lose for a long period of time in a row. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, the best advice I ever got or when I was at like one of the baseball live events was someone saying like, oh, you went through a down period for like two months, like try like a year. And when I heard other people go through that, I'm like, okay, so I'm not just like really shitty at this. Because as soon as you start thinking that you're not even good and you like see the people who are winning and you're like, I'll never be that. Well, then you have no shot right there. Right. You have to understand that like you just need to find what the best contest for you is. So there's a contest for everybody. Um, and a lot of times people who don't want to lose all their money they think that they're going to win big doing like the $20 contest and stuff. And they're like, but you won. And I'm like, do you know what I put on the line for that? Like it hurts. I don't want you to think that you should do that right away. And I don't want you to think that it's like easy or anything. Um, but if it, if you are struggling to put down the $20 for these contests, then I just don't think about these contests, like about yep. how you're, you're losing because you're, you're putting in like with 30,000 other people and you get so disheartened and you think you would never be able to make it to what I'm doing right now. It's like, oh my God, I would never have won those contests. So stop like being disheartened by that. Just understand that like you need to find the easiest way to make a little bit of money so that you can capitalize off of that, like that extra money that you can spend. As soon as you have a little yeah, yeah. So just play play the contest that you are comfortable losing your money, so that you don't get disheartened. Is is my takeaway there? Is just like yes. don't don't play the contest where if you lose for a week straight, you're going to be disheartened, you're going to give up. Play contest where you can lose for a week straight and be like, okay, it's a learning experience. You know, it's not a ton of money to me. Uh, play play it the, comf the the level that you're comfortable at. Totally, and and don't uh, if you are doing like the big contest and you think a couple lineups are going to ever really make you a lot of money like don't get down on yourself when it doesn't happen because it just means like there's people doing max entries so you have to find something else yep doesn't have to be forever but just go find a different contest for now yep 
All right. Uh, so so we, we talked a little bit about live finals earlier, um, so we don't need to get too much into it. But I, I'm curious what draws you to live finals. So, so you won the Fantasy FanDuel uh, live final championship. You've also been to uh, DraftKings, MLB, and uh, I think NBA um, live finals. Uh, so, so what is it that attracts you? This is an NBA one. Um, probably like the bane of my existence is not being able to secure the NBA ticket. I think it was another oh. situation, wrong, wrong uh, lineup in the wrong contest type thing. Oh no! Because I put the good lineup in uh, something else that would make more money. This was just like a contest ticket. I don't know. Anyway, I was pretty, pretty bummed about it. Yeah, uh, sorry to hear that. My, baseball uh, and football. Yeah, ba <laughs> my, my my computer froze right there as I was asking that question and had your had had the zoom up over the question, so I couldn't read the part of which contest you had been in. So I brought up another sore subject for you, bringing up the NBA championship. But you, you were in the DraftKings MLB and NFL championships. I know that's that's where I, I have not made any of those live finals either. So uh, I know how hard it can be when the you get second place. Yeah. The, the basketball is always during a time where I'm not like doing my best in fantasy or I'm not, I don't know, you know, like summer was like perfect time. So I loved and yeah. in fall. So summer and fall are great times for it. Winter is like, wow, I'm already depressed. Now I'm like uh, trying to win, but I have anxiety about not winning. And so yeah. you need the spring and summer to come. And then it's easier to make it to these finals. So I've gotten a couple of tickets for um, each contest, for a couple of the contests, I think multiple tickets, which yep. helps quite a bit. Um, so, so you, you do like to do multiple tickets. So when you get to a contest, uh, you don't just say, okay, I've got, I've got a ticket. So now I've already got the vacation. They're paying for the vacation. You know, that's good enough. You still like to go for multiple tickets to these contests? Oh, yeah. I mean, with those players you're going against, I just think, like, you need, you need two lineups. You need the one that is a little more risky and you need the safe one. And then hopefully you can come out with some big money because you can't have this small of a pool with this big of a prize like any day of the week this only happens a couple of times a year so like i try pretty hard without like just wasting money um to get multiple tickets for those contests because i'm like it's just the best the best odds so i'm always like for the small pools big money i don't like to squander those opportunities yep. um but <laughs> and what, what is it what is it about live finals in particular that you uh, that that draws you in? Is it the the vacation aspect of it? Is it the uh, the prize pools are typically larger? Is it because you like interacting with fellow DFSers, or what is it that uh, that really attracts you to the live finals? Well, I mean, the championships for sure. The money is like for me the biggest attraction. Like, yeah. okay, a small pool for a million dollars, all right, and then now it just keeps going up. So I'm like. I have to always be going to at least like the baseball and the football championships. Um, the fantasy, I was going to say before, actually it wasn't the money that even drew me into that one. Cause I was like 150 payout. It was 250 last year. Why do they lower it? And so I'm kind of like bummed, but then I'm like, wait, this, is a, this would be a really cool experience. I watched the video and then that got me hyped up. I watched like the one where it's the playboy um, on the yacht. Um, the Playboy sponsored one. I'm like, that looks like a really good time. And I really wanted to tell my brother and like show him that I'm like starting to do this very seriously. Um, I also was going to get married. I wanted him to walk me down the aisle. So I'm like, 
He's mad I haven't visited him in Charlotte in a long time. If I take him to Miami, he will be so happy with me. He could never be mad at me again. And I mean, he did have a blast. So that was purely like, I wanted to bring an experience to my husband and my brother. Um, but then when I was there and I met everybody, I didn't realize like how much I needed that. So then once I was surrounded by those people, I'm like, okay, that is what like I really needed. I didn't even care about the vacation. I was too hot the whole time. Um, it was just for other people. And the Bucks winning was pretty sweet. But um, what was like just really awesome, what kind of changed and made me, it made me more focused and it made me feel like I was like on a, on a decent path and I'm not just like a crazy person and that everyone's gonna wonder if I'm okay, if I, if I need help. Cause I'm like so obsessed with doing DFS. They're gonna think I have like a huge gambling problem. Being around all those people like really helped just make me feel normal and made me feel good. Made me feel like I wanted to keep doing it. And Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeing their yeah. success, definitely. Yeah, and it sounds like it was a pretty supportive crowd in general. I mean, you said that you were talking to all of the top DFS players in the world, and then you said that you're also talking to their spouses. A lot of the plus ones were talking to you, yeah. and then of course you uh, got the Instagram of the of the bartender. <laughs> so you were, yeah. it, it was a supportive crowd overall. It sounds like. Every single person involved. So that was also, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if like people at FanDuel would be like, this not pro players coming and, and it's like the new kid entering a high school with all these older kids. And I was a little worried that I just, maybe it wouldn't be fun for me even. Like maybe I'd be awkward. Um, maybe they would kind of think it. I was stupid for being a, a girl and thinking I could like do this very seriously. Um, but all my fears just like went out the window as soon as we were like a couple hours in and people started mingling more because then people were actually interested in like my story and how I started playing because they just had never met a girl who did, did it yet. And it's just like seeing it, an interesting, like an albino animal outside. You're like, I don't really see you. And you're not, it's not like they're sexist or anything like that. They're just intrigued. So yeah. um, <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, I can't get my wife to watch sports with me. But then, then there'll be the guys who bring their wives. And those are like the type of women I love to hang out with too, because they're the type of women who love sports. They're along for the ride. So meeting people like that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, most of the people at that point in my life had no idea what 
what FanDuel and DraftKings were, even though I thought everyone knew it by now. No, they did not. So, (laughs) and to hear, like, to talk to Osmo was important because, I mean, it was also important for my husband because he talked to his wife and they got to bond over being with someone who is doing this because you have to be a strong, secure person to let someone like basically ignore you for hours on end. And depending on what season it is, depending on what they're doing at that moment, like if they're just grinding, like you have to just be like a really good, solid person to be around and not like not needing more attention than we can give. Because if we are really focused on this, we're just going to snap and like get angry. So to meet someone really calm like her, and my husband just loved it. He's just like, I feel like we had so much in common. That's great. Um, and yeah, so I was like, this is this is what we needed. We needed to see these people in order for us to feel sane. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like it was a really nice trip. Uh, was that so? Who, who throws the better live final experience? You've now been to FanDuel and DraftKings live finals. Uh, who who throws the better party? Oh, they're so different. I mean, I really like concerts, music, anything. Like, I love that FanDuel has brought in some cool artists because, I mean, who doesn't want to just celebrate? If you lost, you can just forget that you lost and then just go, like, see an artist. Like, that to me is pretty cool. So they do a really good job of making it really fun um, and giving you anything you would need, like, anything that these these guys would need to, like, have, like, the best time of life because – There'll be so many players that, like, I don't know very well. They're not, like, the big names, but they made it into the contest. They bring their friends along, and then they have just, like, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and they're so thankful to be there. And, like, those guys are, like, the most respectful guys, but they're given so many things by FanDuel to make sure that this is, like, unforgettable. Um, And then you see all, like, the seasoned pros come in, and they just act like uh, they're not impressed. Not that they're not (laughs) impressed, but, like, they're so used to it by now. Exactly. Um, they know exactly what to expect. Yeah, so I didn't want to feel like, okay, uh, don't drink. Maybe I shouldn't drink too much because, like, they don't look like they're, like, partying or anything. Maybe, like, if you are really serious, you just come to these and you just do your job. Like, maybe this isn't I, – I, I didn't know, like, will they take me serious? Um, I was trying to find uh, the line of, like, I want everyone to take me serious and think that, like, I'm actually going to be around – but I also want to enjoy this like amazing free top shelf liquor and yep. everything else. So, I mean, everyone's really cool and laid back. So at the end of the day, it's nothing to worry about. But yeah. So, so FanDuel is, is FanDuel your answer then? It sounds like it's yeah, kind of leaning FanDuel. But then I ended up saying that anyway, huh? Um, I guess I just had a different experience with DraftKings because I couldn't fully experience it. So, DraftKings, they take care of um so much for you uh as far as booking like when i went for the football championship they um were giving out like one free excursion and you could do a massage so then they take care of the booking of the massage for me everything just seems to be taken care of because they're just like on top of their crap and there's so many more people involved Mm -hmm. so they just like run a tight ship which means like you're not going to get as tight-knit with, like, the group. Vandal, you can just go hang out with the people that work there. They're just, like, you and me. And I am really good friends with 
um, one of the girls, like, she also was like one of the best things that happened about the trip because um, she's so immersed in that world. She one of the Fando in- reps. Um, yeah. So, um, like, just me and her taking pictures. We went off by ourselves because, like, I don't know. It just she knew I needed a break from my brother being crazy. So then <laughs> she like she lets me just like chill with her for a sec and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. But like at DraftKings, you're not going to like have that type of situation. It's just a completely different type of experience, which, um, I would enjoy it even more, but it was like such a busy time period. So the baseball one, I couldn't even attend because, um, I had a wedding shower to go to. And then, um, then the football one, we had just gotten done with, well, we got back from our honeymoon, and then we went to the FanDuel um, contest, and our flights got so screwed up that we missed, like, so much of the fun. Oh. And so every time I booked a flight, because I, I have never been the one to, like, book the first flight out in the morning, which now I do because of this, but any flight would get delayed, and my pack, my baggage got lost uh, three times in a row. for th- So I had three trips in a row, one to Charlotte, uh, one on my honeymoon one whatever it it kept getting lost so even when we made it to the place my bag wasn't there so um i think we both just got really worn out from traveling it and it not being like how it always has been where you can just leave for a weekend you can't do that anymore because the delays make you take an extra day off of work and he didn't have any more days off of work so i went by myself which was weird um to the football one and I literally yeah. just locked myself in the hotel room. And the only reason I even went was because I thought, if I did win, I really want to be here for that experience. And why not? Like, everything's taken care of. And I didn't go to the baseball one. And I don't want them to, like, not like me winning anymore since I don't attend. So yeah. I just wanted to see what it was all about. But, um, of course, anything you could ever need is there. So it would have been... A little more fun if I had someone with me, but I just uh, did it very quickly. I was like in and out. Any any of the same people at all at multiple of the events? Like, what was Alex at the football final as well, or anybody else that uh, that you met at the first trip that was also at the the next live final? It was weird. I it was a lot of people that um, that weren't at the FanDuel, so I didn't realize that a lot of people don't just do both. I always assumed like, oh, you do one, you do the other. Like they, to me, always went hand in hand. And then I realized like, well, there's like times where I am playing way more on one site. So maybe like for a lot of people, they do play on both sites a lot, sites a lot, but not for this sport or something like that. Um, but then of course you would see Alex and um, a couple of the other big guys, I think were there, but there was a like, there were a lot of guys who looked like big shots. I could just tell like they were big winners because of like the people around them and like what, how everybody was acting to them, but I didn't even recognize them. So I'm like, I've been to three Fandle events now. It was so weird to feel like I stepped in a brand new world again. Interesting. Um, yeah. And everybody was like sitting off like in their little groups and there was no like intermingling of like lots of people i guess um which at Fanduel, it felt like maybe they were just getting you drunk enough but like you start <laughs> off in your little groups but by the end of the night everybody's like in one giant like crowd having fun so that's it was fun. cool about that experience you're also on a yacht in Fanduel, right that's fantasy yeah yeah maybe that but helps. Even, um, even for the 
I guess it was baseball where they had the chain smokers. So you have everybody in one area at the end of the night. And, you know, so they always find a way to make sure everybody's like in the same area drinking and partying. And um, at DraftKings, it's more like do your own thing. A lot of like older players, I think. Hmm. Um, so they were with their families. And yeah, because I would, I met like wives like down when I was getting a massage. Like they're all coming in. And they're like, oh, yeah, my husband, he does uh, DraftKings. I was like, I do DraftKings. And they're like, oh, you work for them. I'm like, no, I play. And they're like, oh, weird. Okay, good luck. I'm like, yeah, you think I'm not going to beat all those guys. But it did seem like they were a lot older than everybody who was at FanDuel. But Funny. I don't know. What right, do you? So, uh, in terms of uh, which which. Uh, site. I play. I play both. I play both FanDuel and DraftKings. I, I usually uh, 150 max. Uh, the just the main contest, and and in my world, the main contest is like the 30,000 person yeah. entry. It's not the it's not the 200 person entry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I typically just play the the bigger the, the largest field contest with the highest payout structure on, on both sites. Gotcha. Yeah. So when I'm looking for like new contests and that one pops up, I'm like, oh, not this one again. Or, you know what I mean? Like seeing yeah. what contests load for the next day or um, if the one I want just filled, I'm like, well, there's this huge one. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just roll my eyes. It's just yeah. like a monster, a beast I haven't been able to tackle yet. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You, we, we just have different styles, different preferences. Um, all right, just, just a, a couple more questions uh, to end out the interview. We're, we're getting kind of long here, but uh, I, I just wanted to hear. So, so you, you mentioned that you were you wanted at one point to get into sports radio, uh, and then your focus shifted from there uh, to making money playing DFS instead. Uh, but would you ever consider combining your love for DFS with your radio experience and doing DFS related content? Is that something that you could see in your future? Yeah, definitely. I think I wouldn't have been okay with leaving my job and doing this full time if I didn't think that at least there's other opportunities within this world that I didn't know of. Um, I found out that there's so much content that I just had never even seen. Like I never dug into it. Um, and the more you explore, the more you find, or you just like decide to create something yourself. I haven't like had ideas of that for myself yet, but I know other people are doing that. And, you know, it's just like, it's the world that I've always wanted to be surrounded by. So it can only lead to good things if it's something I'm good at and it's something that can bring in money and something that I'm super passionate about. It's like before it was like always, here's one life and here's the other life, my professional life. And I can, I can only do one really well. So this is just like, I knew that entering this world seriously um, over time would, uh, would at least give me opportunities if I wanted to do something more for sure yeah it's like even if i, I don't for sure it's just still nice to know that you're not like your life doesn't have to be bored like i have yeah many different routes i can take yeah if you if you enjoy talking about this stuff it seems like certainly a, a route that you could consider in the future and uh, i think you're you, you'll be a natural if you decide to get into content um all right let's End it on a positive note. Just tell me about your favorite DFS win and or favorite DFS win celebration. I mean, I guess it is really hard to top like the first live event because it was the Bucks. And I think 
if it had been any other team, I wouldn't say that that was my favorite because I don't actually really like going to Miami. I know that's so weird. I like bringing everybody to Miami. Um, it's just so hot. But um, at the end of the night, it's cool down so I can step out on like, it's be op on the open deck and like look out of the water and have the bucks playing right there. Like, so I was sheltering myself the whole day because it was, it was too hot for me. But when the bucks were playing, I mean, that was just like an indescribable feeling. And then I won. So I'm like, it would have been like really, really cool if it was a million, but any amount, even if it would have been like a really small contest, it was just so cool because it was me standing up there with my Bucks, who are going to be champions soon. And the Bucks had been bad for so long. So, I mean, for also my brother to have gone through the Bucks being bad for so many years of our lives, he was just as like emotional as I was about it. He's like telling everybody about how. <laughs> this is like the first time we've ever gotten to feel this way about our team. Um, so it's just like extra cool. But yeah, I'd have to say because of the Bucks, because of Giannis, injury. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, I think you are rare among Millie Maker winners. Uh, rare that you have won a Millie Maker, but that it's not your favorite win. That you, you know, the, the $150,000 uh, to first live final is your favorite win. But I think it also makes sense. I mean, it just sounds like the perfect scenario having, you know, your, yeah. your husband and your brother there, I guess your fiance then and your brother there. You're in Miami, you're watching your favorite team win the NBA finals. I mean, how could it get any better than that? So that, that makes sense to me. I know. And it made it even better that I was um, one of the first females to get a live event under their belt because everybody has been rooting for that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what people, they want to see something different. They're like, we're always hoping it's a girl. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I could do that for you. Like there were so many surprises that I didn't even know like that was going to be. Sorry, my But the Millie, that was just a necessity. I told myself I was too close on too many occasions. I have to win it no matter what. It wasn't a particularly fun Sunday and it was like, extremely shocking at the end of it but then it was like well we did that so i don't know it was different where it wasn't like the coolest experience it was just like uh it was just the biggest relief i've ever felt so like yeah i can imagine that's pretty great all right rebecca uh so your twitter handle is at r jacobeck uh anywhere else that people can find you um i guess i am on instagram uh I think my name is still Rebecca Jacobic, like the handle. Okay. Um, so you see like Kennedy on some things, but my handles are always Jacobic. So Rebecca Jacobic on Instagram. Um, but otherwise, I think that's. But you're back on the you're back in the Twitter world. So people can just find you, follow you on Twitter <laughs> if they, they want to get updates. Like, what else even matters? I mean, yeah, I exactly email. right. Doesn't matter. Twitter, Twitter's number one. Yeah, right. Twitter's number one. All, All right. right. Well. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining me on episode 13 of High Stakes and to Mike Lawrence for producing as always. You'll be able to catch episode 14 of High Stakes next Friday. Time TBD on the Osmo YouTube channel and wherever podcasts live. Thanks for watching and have a great weekend. Thank you so much.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.